Good morning, sports fans. Fill up that coffee cup and that bowl. Sit back and relax. Because live from Colorado, it's time for the Sports Offensive. Good morning out there, sports fans. Welcome to the Sports Offensive. I am your host, Mark Ademus, coming to you live from the Broomfield Studios here for TSO. Uh, one of our co-hosts may not be here today. I'm not sure. I haven't heard from him. Uh, you know how Friday night can be uh, around these parts. Uh, but uh, today we are planning to cover the NBA All-Star Game that's coming up, especially uh, the drafting that should be taking place. I, I don't know if it's today or tomorrow, or I'm, I'm guessing it's sometime soon. Uh, for the game uh, for uh, the draft is going to take place live February 7th on TV. Oh, so when's the all-star game? Uh, the all-star game is got to be like the 14th the, the or, the or Valentine's day. Is it the eighth? Oh. It's, it's right around. It's, well, that's interesting. So they're not going to have any time to like practice together or anything. Oh no, this is kind of, you get thrown right into the mix. I think it's really I mean, what, what it, like it matters, yeah, right? I mean, there's so, no yeah. fouls being called. No. Exactly. It's just running up and down the court full speed. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, when you find that, go ahead and chime in. Um, we're also going to chat about the MLB Hall of Fame inductions and the non-inductions, if you catch my meaning. Uh, we also want to review the NFC, NFC Championship game, maybe a tiny bit of a Super Bowl preview. Uh, we can also do more of that next week. We, you know, you had a whole week off with the Pro Bowl, waiting for that Super Bowl matchup, which uh, should be a good one. But uh, let's see, it looks like the what now? 17th. So the game is on the 17th. Yeah. And what time is that? Uh, it is uh, six o'clock east or six o'clock our time, eight o'clock Eastern on TNT. And that must be a Sunday because Valentine's Day yeah. is on Thursday. It so. is a Sunday, and uh, they will be doing the reserves, uh, picking the reserves next week um, oh, okay. before the draft, and that's why they're going to they're going to be doing it. So, well, they better pick Joe uh, Joe Kitch or what was what his name for the Nuggets? Uh, Joe Kitch was suspended last night because he yeah, went on the court. That's not fair. <laughs> why didn't everybody else get suspended? Well, I mean, that's gotta, a whole other story. There, you, know, you got to protect your boys. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh, the last thing is we do want to re- review the top 10 fantasy baseball players using the head-to-head scoring and the ESPN default list. Just want to run through what they are showing as their top 10 right now. Things are going to change. We still don't even have Machado or Bryce Harper signed to a team. So things will change. But you know what? It's not that big of a freak out. It may seem odd. But as Will Pond was saying on part of the interruption, last year Darvish wasn't signed until February. Yep. And – Gosh, you named two or three other people, and I forget who they were. But and, and the bigger stars that were not signed. Yeah, they all held out until the uh, the very last second last year. Is really what happened. And I mean, I, I think the owners might be colluding a little bit. I don't know if it's a it's a necessarily on a purpose collusion, but I think they've all decided if they do a little bit less signing early and a little bit less of these crazy contracts that they were signing, they're much less likely to get burned. Yeah, and I think that you hit it right on the head right there. I mean, these guys are holding out a little bit, and I think the owners are getting a little more leverage of not putting that huge contract out there right at the start of free agency to get the guy they want. And I think too many players have signed big contracts and not delivered. Yeah, that's true, too. I mean, you've got a whole bunch of players out there that did sign those big contracts that had down years last year, and they were the year before, actually, and because last year was the first year we saw the trend where, you know, like the U Darvish didn't get signed until right at the end. Right. So I, 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 don't, I don't really blame the owners for that. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, you are running a business. And yeah. It labors your highest cost. So. Well, and, and a lot of times, you know, we always want to be on, like, the NFLPA, the player side, and this and that and the other thing. But we got to remember, 
the owner wants to run the team and operate in the black and not the red. Absolutely. I mean, you're trying to win for your team. And if you're a smaller market team, you know, maybe the Dodgers, you wouldn't think this, or the Boston Red Sox or the Yankees. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of teams that aren't uber wealthy. I mean, they're wealthy compared to you and me, but they're not wealthy in the baseball sense. You know, they don't have a market deal. Kansas City compared to the Yankees and what they can spend. I exactly. mean, come on, it's it's completely out of proportion. Exactly. I, I, I just I, I think it's important for fans to remember: you want your team to compete, and even the Dodgers, right? So the Dodgers signed AJ Pollock, which yep. good player. At least he was that one year he was healthy. Mm-hmm. He hasn't really had a full year since or looked that great I was since. Say, I, don't, I don't remember having one. I was going to ask you about that. No, nope. the breakout year was phenomenal. Since then, he's just been hurt all the time. Yeah. And, you know, but it's okay to sign him for a four-year, I don't know if it was $50 million or something. I mean, a lot of money. But yeah, it was a decent amount of money. They had a guy that has a really good road, uh, road and away and left and right splits. They thought it was one guy that could just leave out there to play all the time when he's there. They've still got a glut of outfielders. They, and, and it keeps them below the luxury tax. And it that does, was a big does. deal was they wanted to save that money. Um, so even, you know, even a team like the Dodgers who are rolling in cash, they're trying to be fiscally prudent. And uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, I think that they're, they're playing the long game and not the short game. Yeah, and I, I, think, that's the, I think that's what we're going to be seeing over the next couple of these mega deals in the NBA coming out left and right you know, with the way they're getting paid. I, I think you're going to see the owners being a little more um, not, I'm going to say transparent, but a little more cautious in the deals they want to give out over the long-term deal or long-term time here just because, I mean, you, you can't blow – a huge fortune on a guy and have him not produce at all. I mean, it's just puts you in a really bad financial position. And if the guy does produce and he does stay healthy, then the money, because they, all these big contracts now, they sign in with like an AIG or whoever has an Mm -hmm. insurance thing and say, I'm going to pay all this much in a premium. And this guy goes down, you're going to cover half of his salary or something like that. Oh, exactly. I mean, who's the contract that the Mets are still paying or who? Oh, uh, Bobby Bonilla. Bobby Bonilla. I mean, they're paying, I mean, yeah, they're paying that guy, what is it? 12 (laughs) or $20 million or $8 million a year. Something like that. It might be 20, might be 20 million a year. Another like seven or eight years. Uh, You know, Hey, that's the kind of job that I need, you know, where I'm getting paid to do nothing and getting paid millions. We, and the thing is, you haven't heard a word from Bobby Bonilla. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> in a he has, long time. I, I don't remember the last time I ever even seen him give an interview. <laughs> He's probably in the Cayman Islands. Like, why would I even yeah. be anywhere else? I'm getting paid all this money. I'm just going to sit on the beach and drink. You know, I mean, what, kind of living the dream, you know? So. Yeah, well, that'll, that'll take us in after we do the trivia question to the, uh, the Caribbean series in Venezuela. The U.S. diplomats getting pulled down, and they might either they're trying to figure out right now if they're going to cancel the Caribbean series or if they're going to move it somewhere. It, for? Uh, baseball. Oh, there's was, a Caribbean series? Yeah, the Caribbean series are supposed to start. Well, they're, they're, they're going to make the determination yesterday, and I didn't check the sports line this morning to see if they're, they canceled yeah, or whole, moved it. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of chaos. With, yeah. like, there was an election there. and I mean, if people don't know what happened in Venezuela, just to give you like a two-second recap, they, they kind of elected like um, – a, a peasant type of, of yep. leader uh, or a guy who came from a peasant background. Mm-hmm. He basically took everything from the rich and gave it to the poor. And the poor weren't really, really very good in uh, managing these things because they never done it before. Right. And the entire economy was basically funded by their oil production. Mm-hmm. And as anyone who's had their filled their car up, I mean, just what happened just in the last like two weeks, right? Like two weeks ago, I filled up my gas tank and it was like 40 bucks. Then it's oh, yeah. now it's like twenty two bucks. Well, yeah, dollar like, uh, ninety nine right across from my place. You go up the line, it's a dollar eighty nine. I forgot to look what it's on the corner here because I was going to fill up. I was probably buy at least a dollar ninety one up by, by you here. I when I filled up on Tuesday, it was a dollar fifty seven. With, with my ten cent well, discount, yeah. But I mean, dollar sixty seven is still really good. Oh, that's, yeah. that's a low. A dollar sixty seven for a gallon of gas. Yeah, it's really. And now remember, the, the Venezuelan oil is uh, your Valeros and stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. your main Venezuelan right. oils. 
and uh, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, the 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 price on the barrel crude has just collapsed right here over the and, last. And two months. that was how they were basically subsisting for the entire country by yeah. buying all the food for the grocery stores and things were coming from the oil money. Yep. So the price of oil, you know, collapsed because of OPEC pumping out so much and then they had a new election right because people were just fleeing everywhere i have a friend that lives in trinidad and tobago okay he lives right on the port of spain and uh he's just been telling me like they're freaking out because they're expecting floods of these refugees mm-hmm. and like they're they're a poor country themselves oh, like, yeah. we can't we can't take these people and 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 help them because we don't we don't have enough they don't for have ourselves, a, you know? they can't subsidize any any expenditures to help uh, refugees out right and so you gotta think if there's that kind of like if there's that kind of upheaval going on in the cities and everything do you want to have your your best athletes you know taking a risk exactly. and you know i mean when a government's in flux you don't ever yeah. know what kind of security you have so exactly so I, I i i would be not shocked if they canceled that that series i didn't even remember that they had one in the caribbean i guess i keep thinking of the of the um the what is the world all the all world class what do they call it the baseball uh, classic the, the world classic or something baseball class yeah. baseball world classic uh, uh, but yeah they still do that's the, what, where's Nate, been doing. Nate would know yeah Nate would know <laughs> uh, they still I do think the Caribbean the series classic. but um um I, 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 they're gonna make an announcement yesterday and I just didn't see it uh, well while JP is looking that up we want to do real quick uh, remind you if you could do us a favor go to a Facebook and like our page go to Twitter and follow us. We're at the handle at the SPT offensive on both sites. You can find us on Instagram as well. There you'll find us under the handle, the sports offensive with underscores between the words. You can head to our station website at the While you're there, you can listen to live shows. You can learn about us. You can learn about all the shows that are on our program uh, or on our station. And you can also listen to all the prior episodes again at the you can always catch us live via the Blog Talk Radio on our site. You can check us out on demand at Blog Talk Radio, TuneIn, iHeart, Stitcher, and as an iTunes podcast. We do want to thank our show supporters, Health Guru, EK Fit, Idiot Cult T-Shirts, and the Space Savers at Operation Organized. Find all of them and links to their sites on our website again at thesportsoffensive.com. You can, we love callers. You can always call in at 929-477-3204. Again, 929-477-3204. JP, what'd you find out? Well, right now, um, I still got a one-day one, uh, old information here. It doesn't look like they've made the decision yet. Okay. Uh, the two possible countries they would move them to would be Panama or Colombia, and in neither of those countries oh, have Colombia. Yeah, <laughs> I like my Colombian women. Um, they don't have participating countries in the actual tournament, so it's, they're oh, at a disadvantage. I can see. Yeah. And, it, and it costs about three million dollars uh, for a new country to start hosting it within a week. So oh, it's, right, yeah, it's because it's right. supposed to start February second. Do, do you even have enough baseball stadiums? Exactly. So I, I, this is interesting. Like I said, that's that's as of ESPN as of go. I don't see any. <sighs> and you know, I'm not sure if Manny, Manny Machado was born in the U.S. or if he was born abroad. I wonder if he's supposed to be in that series. You know, that's a really good question. He probably wouldn't risk playing. I, I don't think he'd risk playing. Right. I mean. Maybe you do it to showcase yourself, but yeah. I mean, he played well in the playoffs, so you've got your showcase. You know he's a great talent. It's yeah. just whether or not you want to deal with the headache. And Exactly. You know, I know the Dodgers haven't even, like, sniffed at him, which is kind of shocking. But I did hear that they might look in the midseason to trade or at some point in the season to trade for, uh, you know, uh, Corey Kluber mm-hmm. or uh, who was the other person they were talking about? It wasn't a pitcher. It was a position player. Oh, uh, Real Muto, the uh, yeah. catcher for yeah. the Marlins. Yeah. 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 And uh, I'd love to see them pick up Real Muto. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know if they'd have to get rid of somebody at some point to cover that. But um, and just on a side note, before we get into everything normal, uh, Adrian Beltre is going to be his number retired, jersey retired by the Texas Rangers, mm-hmm. only the third person in their history. Yep. You think about the fact that he started with the Dodgers, right? And a few okay seasons. He obviously had talent, but didn't didn't play great. And then he had a bone spur in his ankle, or um, not his ankle, but his uh, his heel. His heel, yeah. So he couldn't put like big pressure on it. And because of that, it forced him to keep his weight off his front foot when he was hitting. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in his career, he stayed back on the ball. Yep. And the guy had an MVP caliber season. He should have won the award. He should have hit 50 homers. Uh, I think he batted like 325 with, I don't know, 47 homers and 130 RBIs or something like that. It was an yeah. amazing season. Dodgers decided not to sign him. Then he went to the Mariners, had a good career with the Mariners. Mm, yes, he did. Then I think it was he went to Boston after that. And he would crushed it for the Red Sox. Then he went to the Rangers and did well enough to have his number retired. Yep. And he just quit playing like not that long this ago. year, last year. Yeah, I was I, gonna say it isn't. It's not been that long. Yeah, yet. I think I think he might have <laughs> even been on the roster last year and then got injured or something, or maybe he retired off season. I can't remember. But all I know is, uh, boy, the Dodgers could have just kept him. Yeah. And uh, boy, they'd <laughs> had a, they'd had a good third baseman for the last how many years? Twenty two years. Yeah. So anyway. You know, no, no crying over spilled milk. No, so, no, you can't look in the hind- hindsight is always twenty twenty. Exactly. You know, well, in my case, maybe about you know like uh, fifteen twenty or something <laughs> like that. I mean, my, my vision is pretty bad. Uh, so we got two offensive trivia questions. Yeah. I'll do the first one. Let's okay. do the ones that we each did. Yep. Uh, so my first question was, what are the most All Star votes in one year in the NBA? Now this year the record was broken because there's more votes than ever before because yeah. of you know cell phones and things like that. So I, I, I will include that answer, yeah. but I'm actually thinking of the person prior, prior. to this okay. current okay. season because if anybody, if you're paying attention at all to this season, you know who that is. So, well, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we're also going to have the uh, adventure of trying to see if I can pronounce the last name for Giannis from Greece. <laughs> and then, JP, what was your question? You know, okay, so I, I saw this one come across uh, uh, another sports station the other morning very early at about 4 o'clock a.m., and I loved it because it's – it's a, it's a really good question. You think back in all the Super Bowls and all the great, you know, running backs. And so, so who is the only person to rush for three TDs in the Super Bowl? That's rushing TDs, not a catch TD and a rush TD. It's three rushing TDs. And so all I keep thinking is it's got to be a trick question, and it's like a quarterback who was doing sneaks on the goal line or something. <laughs> but um, I'll have some guesses. I'll have yep, some good yep, guesses. Yep. That's a great question, though. And it it, it is because I started thinking about it, and I looked up the other kind of people who would you think of, and I'm like, oh, wow. I'm like, look at that, look at that, look at that, look at that. Like, that's a really interesting question. Yeah, boy, I can – wow, there's a lot of echo. You got a little echo table. on the desk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, there's a lot of players that that could be. I mean, there are so many – great players but well, it's like think, do you, think did they play the, the super bowl Smith, the roger craigs you know think about all those right. guys right i mean the gail sayers yeah. and, the, and the jim brown i don't know if jim brown was ever in a super bowl uh, that's a really good question that's, i think it was the super bowl before his time oh they didn't have super bowls we yet. know we know who it's that not it's not walter payton because they gave it to the fridge on the goal line that's right that's right <laughs> i forgot about that yeah yeah so that's a good question i'll be i'll be thinking about that a little bit here um want to let everybody know out there, I uh, went and saw the movie uh, Glass last mm-hmm. night. And actually, I went with uh, our co-host that's not here. So I, there's, I, there's, I an empty, there's an empty headset right <laughs> yeah. here. So he wasn't loaded or anything. So I think he must, just, must have just not set the alarm or something. But uh, if you are an M. Night Shyamalan fan and you have seen both Breaking uh, – no, un- Unbreakable and Split – 
I saw the first you'll, one. You'll love this movie. Do not go see this movie before you see Split. Right. You could actually not see Unbreakable and probably be okay, mm-hmm. although I wouldn't advise it. If you haven't seen Split, you're going to be baffled because they a lot of stuff they just kind of walked walked right into it on um, yeah, yeah. following up on Split. I, I'm, what I what I what I want to do is I actually want to go see Unbreakable, Split, and then this to just this because I remember I'm, I, Unbreakable I saw so long ago. I mean what I mean even a year maybe that might have come out mid nineties. Oh, I think it's yeah, I think it's thirteen years ago. I was gonna say it's it's, like a, it's a while ago. And uh, what's really crazy is the son of Bruce Willis in that movie, they cast the same actor as his son okay. in this movie. And boy, you can tell. I mean, that, that it was a little kid in that movie. He's yeah, an adult yeah, in this one, but a, boy, he looks like the same and, person. And the reason I remember that, because I remember the purple collar on um, Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. And then I remember Bruce Willis worked at Franklin Field in Philadelphia. Ah. Because they, they, they filmed a lot of it at Franklin Field. He was one of the guys that worked nice. there. So that's because that's, as soon as I saw the previews for uh, 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 The Glass, I was like, this is reminding me of someone, and that's mm-hmm. when I asked you guys last week, and I'm like, oh, okay, now, now I get it. <laughs> yeah, so it's a trilogy now, I guess, yeah. and uh, there may be more coming based on how this movie went, but um, let me just say this. It was not what I thought it was going to be at all, mm-hmm. but I thought it was fantastic. Cool. So unlike my feelings on The Last Jedi where Rian Johnson tried to subvert expectations and it was horrible, <laughs> this one subverted my expectations and was fantastic. Right. In fact, it might be my favorite movie outside of – uh, from M. Night Shyamalan, outside of Lady in the Water, which okay. a lot of people don't like that one, but that's actually my favorite of his. So mm-hmm. highly recommend going to see that if you're a fan of his films. Yeah. So just want to put that out there. And uh, I don't count The Airbender as one of his films. I think it was made for kids. And mm-hmm. I think he did a horror film, not, not, kind of, not kind of split. I feel like he did a horror film and or directed a horror film, but I don't know if he wrote it or not. But I wouldn't know the answer to that one. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I just, my mind's just going in all sorts of directions. So Jumping over to the NBA, so uh, it, we've got a great season going in the NBA. I mean, we've we got we the Bucks in first place in the, in the uh, East. We've got the Nuggets in second place in the West. There's a lot of teams that are not prototypical of what you would expect in an NBA season, and I think that's a great thing. It kind of makes it more exciting. So for the East, we've got the Bucks in first, then the Raptors, then the Pacers, the Sixers, the Celtics, the Nets, the Heat, and the Hornets are all the playoff contenders or, or currently in the playoff position. Mm-hmm. The Cleveland Cavaliers, LeBron leaves last year. They are in the finals. They have nine wins. Yeah. So just kind of goes to show you so, something yeah. there. In fact, you look at the Lakers since he's been out with his groin injury, and they've been abysmal. But I'm, I think when he comes back, He'll at least get them into the playoffs. We'll see what happens. They're one game above 500, one game well, out of the playoffs. They're going to lose. They lose uh, Lonzo now too for a little bit. Oh, I saw that. And I was yeah. like, that was a hammy or the Achilles. Uh, I think it was his hamstring that he hurt earlier in the year, and I think he re-injured it. Okay, because I thought you guys carrying yeah. him off the off yeah, the court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. He's going to be gone for a couple weeks. Yeah, that's never a never a positive sign. But you know what? Get your injuries done early. We saw the Warriors looking pedestrian, and then they got Steph Curry back, and they got uh, Boogie back, and uh, now they're, you know, they're, what, they're nine, and, nine one? and one in the last 10. And yeah, they, so. they play tonight. They, so, they play Boston tonight, actually. Ooh, nice. Yeah, Irving, they play Boston. They played him in Boston, too. And Irving's fine, right? He's, yeah. he was just, he's playing right now. Yeah. 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 Um, and so the, the Western Conference goes the Warriors, the Nuggets, the Thunder, the Pacers, the Rockets, the Jazz, the Spurs, and the Clippers, which is kind of a surprise. I want to say this. So we talk about how Harden is having an amazing, epic scoring season. Yeah, yes, he is. I mean, I think he's got like, what, is it, 50, like three times and well, over he, 40. He just had like 61 at a MSG on Wednesday night or Thursday night. 
uh, no Wednesday night. And um, he went for only 35, which makes his over 30 point total uh, 22 games now since December 13th. And most of them are unassisted, which means he's bringing the ball up himself and shooting. Now that is the point I was going to get. That's the point. I think all of us want to get to. I think the Rockets are going, the fans are going to be really disappointed in the playoffs because in the playoffs, defense is top-notch, and you're it, it not going to just score on your own. You can't it, do that, all ice. That's one of the, it's one of the hardest things to do is basically just make yourself the number one player of just a pure shooter because, I mean, if you have a down shooting night, and CP3 is supposed to come back tomorrow, maybe. They're, they're, they're shooting for tomorrow. That certainly helps. Yeah, but, I mean, if you have a one-dimensional team like that where you, you're not getting even assists to people or he's getting a, people are getting him assists and he's bringing the ball up, well, then you're going to double him. Right. And if he goes cold, you're in trouble. Yeah, I, I, I think that it's going it's to spell disaster for the Rockets. Yeah. But maybe they can get a player uh, – I don't know what happened with Camarillo Anthony. Wasn't he supposed to go play for the Rockets? And... Well, he played and they just stunk. And then they uh, they dealt. I don't even know who they dealt him with. They were going to wait for the right situation to deal him. And I just I or they just release him. I don't know. I, I'm not sure what actually happened to him. Yeah, I remember, I remember there was all that chaos in the beginning of the year yeah. after he had gone to the Thunder and all this kind of stuff. And he just know. didn't fit in. His his style. He's he's older. His style isn't fitting in with the way he, he's not a bench player. He never was well, a bench and he never player. he never played defense. Yeah, and so when he can't shoot anymore or become a prolific scorer, he's just kind of worthless. And he yeah. didn't he didn't really ever – it never seemed like he learned to adjust his game. You know how, like, a player mm-hmm. – they start to lose their athletic ability as they get older. We all do. and But they, ha- but they can replace it with sh- super sharp knowledge of the game yeah. and awareness and, and using their experience. Like, how many times you and I are watching the game on TV, whatever sport, and you see a player do something stupid, and you're like, what is wrong with that guy? I mean, that's like the prototypical thing you don't want to do. And I think what actually ends up happening is that we forget that we have 40, however many years of life experience, and we've been watching sports for at least two-thirds of that time. Mm-hmm. And these guys are, you know, in like 22. And it's like, at 22, how many stupid things did we do? Or how little did we think about mm-hmm. things? And it is really, really kind of shows up for me in two places. One is in football where they make a uh, a really bad timed penalty or holding call mm-hmm. and you're like you or, or or especially the block in the back right oh, like yeah, on a yeah. kickoff return you're like no one's going to not see you do that you're out yeah. in the middle of the field everyone's going to see that the referee's going to going to nail you on everybody. that but then you think oh you know what they don't know that they've only been playing in college where the officiating is not as sharp you know they don't have as many refs on the field and they in high school they probably didn't get called for anything so you know it, it's an experience thing they have to learn where I see it in basketball is when a team is up by four points and they foul a guy shooting a three-pointer. Oh, that's – Or up thing. by up by yeah. three and they foul him taking a three-pointer. But I think it's the it's – the, it, no, it's the fouling on a three-pointer, right? Because if, if you're up by three and they sink that three and you foul them, then they get a shot. They get a shot. And they so can get four, four points point, and point, take you out. Play. And I remember Indiana University did that to Duke, and they were up by the three and – or it was up by four, and the guy – they actually fouled him on the foul mm-hmm. line or something like that. I, I, it was back when um, – it was the guy that took over for Bobby Knight when he got fired. Oh, okay. Um, was, uh... What was his name? He didn't actually – I mean, he, he actually took the team to the finals the next year. He but did. Then, it was uh... – Oh, he went somewhere else after Indiana because he kind of soured there quickly. Oh, man. What was his name? Testing my sports knowledge. Man. <laughs> I, I know who you're talking about. I can't think of his name, though. Uh, if my stepdad's listening, maybe he can – Text over or or uh, our, fan, our fan Perry can can maybe uh, shoot me a quick message. Uh, I want to say his last name was Davis. 
uh, it could be either because there was somebody that was pretty. They had a really good coach in there, and he was well known. He was he was the he was the he was the son of someone else, or I mean, it doesn't really matter. I just it just bugs me when I try to think of something I can't remember. I tell you something else that bugs me. I uh, ordered a small video game handheld system. It looks mm-hmm. kind of like a Game Boy, right. but it's got Super Nintendo and Nintendo games on it, so it's got four buttons along with the control pad. I was so excited because I had like 115 games or 160 games on it. It was supposed to arrive yesterday for my business trip going out to Florida all next week, and I was like, oh, something for the plane. You know, oh. It'll take, take my attention away from everything. And then uh, at night in the hotel room when you've got like those two hours and you're bored as can be and right. you don't know what to do, and uh, – I don't have enough money on me to go, you know, go drinking. So I want to, I wanted to have that to play and it didn't show up on time. And now I'm just distraught. Yeah. Well, I don't blame you. It was Mike Davis. Mike Davis. So Davis, I got Davis. Yeah, part, he was, right? a, he was 115 and 79. Uh, Bob Knight career at Indiana was 662 and 239. Read that number again. Uh, the Bob Knight number? Yeah. It is 662 and 239 at Indiana. Had a pretty good winning percentage. 11, 11 conference titles, 24 NCAA appearances, and three national titles. Not bad. Not no, bad. I mean, I don't bad. think it probably doesn't doesn't compare to Coach K anymore, even though Coach K learned from Bob Knight. Yeah. There's also, uh, I think it was like on Army or something. Uh, who else has been with? John Calipari has been really good. Colin uh, Pollard was, was always good. Patina was always good, but he has the scandal hanging over him. Yeah, but just uh, as a coach, Roy, he did do Roy well. Williams, you know. Oh, absolutely. Oh, Roy I Williams, him. Dean, Roy Williams, Dean Smith. Um, the guy from Michigan State, Izzo. Izzo, the Hizzo. He had uh, a good one. Uh, um, our boy up there in St. John's, uh, what was his name? Lou uh, Lou Kersenica. Lou Kersenica. Um, he was the old school BK guy. I forget him. Who was the guy that had looked like his eyes looked like they were? It looked almost like um, Uncle Fester from the um, Adams family. Uncle Fester. Yeah, he was the coach of UNLV when they were all corrupt and and winning. Oh, you mean my um, my my, my uh, the big black circles around his eyes. Uh, you're talking uh, Tarkanian. So, yes, yes, Tarkanian. One of yeah. the all-time greatest coaches. <laughs> so, Rolly Massimino. Uncle Fester is all I ever can think of. of I've never heard that comparison to him. Looks just like uh, <laughs> Christopher Lloyd looked in the in the newer version of the Adams Family. Well, newer version, I guess it was like 94, you know, or 93 or something right. like that. Isn't that crazy how stuff that happens in high school, you still think of it as recent? You know, I, like, I know, oh, it's like, oh, um, that's ago. a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, getting old's fun. Uh, let's see. So the two top leading vote getters in the NBA all-star voting. So it was like, they had a vote of, of like player vote, coach vote and newspaper vote. And then those were the five starters for each side. And then the lead voter of those five from the fans became the captains. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Not sure if I like that system overall, but you know what? It maybe, maybe it is good because it makes sure you're getting at least at least three out of five of the best players in the in each yeah. conference being voted as starters. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think you should trust fans a little bit more than that. And I think fans have shown a lot of times that they can be more trustworthy, but I, I guess I kind of get it. It's, they're kind of getting the best of both worlds. Right. And they, they're, they're doing this. They didn't want to televise last year. And then the NHL did this a couple of years ago where they drafted both sides of the teams. And it was really exciting. They did a really good job with it. Um, and last year, last two years in the NBA, they've had good teams. They've had good teams, but they didn't want to, they didn't want to do it on TV with the egos that they have. And this year they're televising <laughs> it. So, yeah, I think it'll be, uh, I think it'll be a fun experience. So LeBron got the most votes. Yep. Um, and, Okay, so I'm going to take one attempt. Take, take one attempt. Giannis, 
Atento Kumpo. I had it right until you said Anti Akupo. Anti Akupo. Anti Akupo. Yeah. Antinto Akupo. I don't know. There's, like, anti, an, there's, not anti, there's a lot of T's Anti Akupo. And a lot of O's. And there's an NM. And uh, there, there, there's some falafel in there. There's some Spanakopitas in there. <laughs> well, I get a hero, right? I get, I get a so, hero. And can I get a little lamb shank in there? You know, slice me off a little. Have you ever been to Mumta's over in Lafayette? No, I haven't. They make an amazing gyro. I oh, mean, dude, it is I love tasty. gyros. Guys, and, I have, I have uh, um, uh, Pete's down. Pete's. Uh, Pete's uh, oh, P E T S? P-E-T-E-S, Pete's, uh, Greek, oh. he, Pete owns, like, the, uh, he owns Pete's Kitchen, the, the Greek Euro place, he owns, like, five restaurants. Yeah, because I think there's one over here right, right he, by Burger King. He, he might have it. He, Pete, Pete is known throughout the whole downtown. I mean, he yeah. is one of the biggest players. Makes some good grub. Yeah. And, uh, but that Mumta's, they have that great, like, a spicy yogurt dressing that mm-hmm. you put on, on top of the Euro. Yep. Dude, it is so good, but it is so massively overpriced. And I think it's because a, most of the meat is lamb. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing when you get those. It's when you start getting that lamb shank in there yeah. and, and shaving. It just it gets up in price. And the thing is, is I can eat two of them. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but it's like all of a sudden it's like eighteen dollars all of a sudden. Oh, at minimum. Yeah. And then uh, what's the? Uh, it's called. Um, I the, can see the wheel turning. Go to a Greek rest, restaurant. Uh, it's a cheese that's like kind of burned. Onto the plate. Are you talking like a burnt feta? No, it looks almost like a carpaccio, but cheese instead of meat. Right, right, right. I cannot remember the name of it, but oh, oh, it's going to bug me. Yeah, I can't get it off the top of my head on that one. Yeah, I'll try and look it up later. Anyway, I guess it doesn't really matter. So the Giannis and – am I saying that right, Giannis? Yes. Okay, so Giannis and LeBron are going to be the captains. Now – who are they going to draft? And this is a tough question because here's your player list for starters. Like you were saying, they'll, they'll determine the reserve players a little later on. The reserves get picked next week. Okay, so I, they'll do that before or after they pick the starters. I think they're going to have to – on February 7th, I think they're going to pick the whole team. So I think the reserves okay. get announced next week. Okay. And then you have – And then you have the draft. Yes, yeah, so you, you basically pick your starters, and then you pick your reserves is how they're going to do it. Okay. You know what? I wouldn't mind if they did this for baseball. I'll be honest with you. It would be interesting. I know it would piss off purists. Yeah. And they'd say, hey, it's supposed <laughs> to be National League versus American League. Does it even matter? It's just about showcasing the stars. It is. I mean, they're they're all stars. They're there. I mean, I think it's a great format because we, we get so used to all star games being just these uh, things of show and not mm-hmm. really like you know the NHL put a little dollar amount on the incentive for the, uh, right. the winning because that's tonight. So you know the winning play the, the oh, players, NHL thing is tonight. Yeah, that's tonight. The games tonight or the skills competitions tonight? No, the skills was last night. I have a oh, I have a couple of notes in there. It was yeah, it was last night. Oh um, man, I didn't record it. Shoot. But it was uh, it was good stuff. Um, but yeah, the, the way the NHL does it, they put a little dollar incentive for each player. It's not a lot, I think. I mean, there was a purse that goes into the winning um, division, which it'll be, you know, I think uh, the Metro or the Atlantic got twenty thousand dollars a person last year. Well, that's a nice little, yeah, yeah, just a, a little, nice little, little stipend. Yeah, a little stipend. You know, made it a little interesting. Yeah, you know, a little trash talk going on there because there is a little dollar amount there for it. And I, I think it's, it's, it's a good for, format in the, in the age we live in with social media and players branding themselves to make it right. where, you know, you know who's, who is uh, LeBron going to pick? I mean, right now the word is Embiid. 
you know, he's going to pick Embiid first. I like that. Because LeBron's not going to want to play the big man in this. No, and own, this own the middle. And he's Embiid's really the only big man on this. Earth. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I guess it's hard to pass up Curry. It's super hard to pass up Harden. Right. Because Harden, I mean, the NBA game, All-Star game is all about ISO plays, right? I mean, yeah. people drive to the hoop and no one blocks them. Right. So if I was LeBron, I would be going Curry with my, my, my first pick, you know, personally. Although, I mean, I understand Embiid, right? So we should just go over everybody that's available. So Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, who's having a nice little season up mm-hmm. in Toronto, uh, Joel Embiid, Stephon Curry, James Harden, uh, Kyrie Irving, and uh, Kemba Walker. Now, wouldn't it be a great storyline if LeBron draft, drafted Kyrie Irving? Absolutely. <laughs> and in fact, I wouldn't be shocked if his little uh, mea culpa to LeBron last week about I can't remember, I, I can't remember exactly what it was he was apologizing about something about I, being arrogant or young and stupid I, I, or whatever. It, it, it basically ran, uh, came down to that he was really saying that you know I was young. I didn't really know the, the process of winning a championship yet because, you know, now he's in Boston. He's the big dog up there, and he's looking right. at the younger kids going, you know, here's what we got to do. And Because he called out a bunch of players in Boston last week. And he's probably like – then just like it just uh, – it dawns on you, right? You're like, oh, you know, damn it. I – you know, if I hadn't done that stupid thing, right. this would have done this. And it's like the, you know, learning from the Kobe mistake with, with Shaq. I mean yeah. – who knows how long that team could have gone on? Another you're, you're, six years. You're right. You know, kept Big Shot Bob on there and mm-hmm. Derek Fisher playing the point and maybe even Rick Fox. I was going to say, can't forget years. about Rick, Rick, Rick Fox getting a couple extra in there. You know, he was on the match game the other night. And oh, was oh, I tell you what, the guy still looks like he could play basketball. Oh, well, Rick, Rick Fox made an appearance on the Big Bang Theory, actually, a couple years ago. <laughs> Did he really? Oh, yeah. And he's not married to Vivica anymore, right? They got divorced. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I haven't uh, seen her in a long time. Yeah, so I, I haven't She had kind of a short-lived career. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I guess a lot of actors have a short-lived career. Anyway, so, again, those are the players that we have available. Uh who would you take first? If you were Le- uh, who is, is LeBron at first pick or Giannis? I don't even know. Maybe LeBron, right? Because he's the most most votes. That's a really good question. Um, I, I'd say that that would be right, unless they do a coin flip. So let's just do it real quick. Let's assume that you're you're you want to be LeBron. Or you want to be Giannis. Um, we'll, we'll just draft our teams. I'll be Giannis. You can okay. be LeBron. You like you're you're the biggest the bigger LeBron fan here than me. <laughs> Maybe right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, so. I'm going to go with LeBron team here and Giannis, which I don't feel how, I don't understand how that spells Giannis. <laughs> I mean, I, I understand the G part because of, of Greece, but the, the I kind of throws me off. Anyway, uh, obviously, like I say, come down between Harden, Curry, MB, Durant, or Irving maybe for myself. I would say give me the unbelievable scoring and defense of Curry to be on the outside perimeter while I, as LeBron would play the inside. Okay. So Curry okay. Is, is gone. I would take Embiid. Okay. So we're going to have Embiid going to Giannis. Okay. So, uh, boy, this is where it's really hard, man. Boy, this is tough. Um, as LeBron, I'm going to want to play the point, so I'm not going to take Irving yet. So is it Durant or Leonard or Harden? I mean, what a decision to make here. Harden plays small forward, is that right? Yeah. And Curry plays shooting guard, right? Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and take Harden okay. with my next pick. 
I'm going to go, since I've got myself in Giannis, um, I'm going to go with another guy that can dish the ball down to Embiid with Durant. Okay, so Durant, a massive scorer. Okay, now this is kind of – what does Kemba Walker play? Is he point guard? Uh, Kemba Walker, uh, point guard or power forward, one of the two. Oh, that's a big difference. Who does he play for? Bucks? No, that's Giannis. Uh, uh, Charlotte? Uh, they were, he just dunked on somebody last night really <laughs> badly. Yeah, this is terrible that I don't know who he plays for. Well, he's also kind of an addition onto it. Well, you just pulled up yeah. walkers there. Yeah, I put walkers. You can hold a whole bunch of old person walkers. <laughs> but they know I'm only caring about sports. Okay, looks like he plays for the Hornets. Good yeah, call. yeah, Charlotte, yeah. And he is a – it just says he's a he's – a, Basketball player, we know that he's a point guard. Okay, point guard, yeah. So, oh man. All right, I'm gonna say I, who's better, him or Irving? I'm gonna go Irving. I'm gonna take it. Let's. let's so right now I've got Giannis Embiid, Giannis Embiid and Durant. And Durant. Then I'm, I'm gonna go James Harden just because I want the guy just to be a. I already have him. Oh, you did? I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought you took Curry. Uh huh. I do. Oh, okay. So LeBron, Curry, Harden. Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. Um, I'll take Kawhi. Can't argue with that pick. So I'm going to be doing point guard Irving, uh, shooting guard Curry, small forward Harden, power forward LeBron. What position does Paul George play? I mean, that's who I got to take anyway because I already uh, got a point guard. Paul George is a. a, a a forward or I think you're right. So he'll probably play power forward and probably put Le- I'd probably put myself LeBron at center, even though it's not he's not really a center. Um and so that leaves you with Kemba Walker. With Kemba, which I'm fine with. Yeah. So how do you line your team up? I guess you're gonna do well obviously Walker's gonna be your point guard. Yep. And Beam will be your center. Yep. Uh so Durant Leonard Leonard will be your small forward? Or yep. your shooting guard? Uh he could be either. I mean they could be interchangeable. I'll bet you do shooting way. guard there. Make make uh, Durant your small forward and Giannis mm-hmm. your power forward, mm-hmm. maybe or maybe switch to Durant. Yeah, so switch them up. It, 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 you know, with the way these guys play, it doesn't really kind of make a difference sometimes. <laughs> That's the nice thing when you look at it, something like this. Well, it's like what Magic used to do is what most players do now. Yeah, right. Which is yeah. play. Magic was the one that really created the position of playing either shooting guard, power forward, small forward. Right, you could center. play any of them. Yeah, and then you look at, you look at like someone like Durant. And this guy's like six foot eleven, or maybe he's taller than that, mm-hmm. and yet he can shoot three pointers with he ease. Can. I yeah. mean, how is that possible? How can someone that tall? I mean, you're eye level. You're almost eye level with the stupid ball uh, with the net or the. You are, rim. And, and he has such a really nice shooting stroke from downtown. That's the other thing. Because think about how bad Shaq was at the foul line and how ugly that shot was. Oh. And think about Kevin Durant from three point land. So pretty. I, mean, I remember the, the alliteration I once heard that I thought was the best about Shaq was if you want to know how hard it is, go to a sports court where you can lower the rim to your eye level with the rim mm-hmm. and then hold a tennis ball in your hand, but then also shrink the rim to the size of a tennis ball. And that's what it was like for him to try and yeah, shoot. Exactly. That's really what it, it kind of is like. I mean, because you're literally looking at the rim when you're shooting. Yeah, I mean, because any kind of arc he gives it. And also when you're that big, right, like one thing you can talk about is someone who's tall and they don't look really strong, like maybe they're not very thick, they can still be very strong because the muscle is so long. Is. There's that much more muscle fiber, and that, that's what really matters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're Shaquille O'Neal. I'll bet you barely even just, just 
the slightest push on that ball and you're flinging it into the air. You are. I mean, you look at someone like uh, LeBron or um, who's the guy who likes to shoot the, the half court shots all the time for fun. Uh, there was somebody who was doing it all the time. Um, was it Kobe that I'm thinking of? Kobe used to do it a lot. I mean, and I don't mean like in the game. I'm talking about just, you know, in like practices or fun well, or having Steph fun. Steph does it a heck of a lot. Steph does it coming down in the tunnel. No, it was somebody else before that. But yeah, boy, Curry, with those three-point numbers he had those those few years were just crazy. But I watch these guys, you know, from the free th- or from the half-court line, and they're just lobbing it. And the ball's going, you know, oh, yeah. into the hoop or you know, even just hitting the backboard. And I'm sitting there going, dude, if I was at the half-court sh- spot – I would have to like fling the ball like javelin style yeah. <laughs> to get it all the way to the, to the hoop. And I mean, I'm not very tall and I'm not that strong, but I mean, I'm not tiny, you know, it's like, I don't understand how they can do that. How they, I mean, they're just like flicking it. And it's like, why you're not even putting any energy into it. Uh, those guys are, I'm going to, I'm going to give you one. Um, when I, because uh, like I, we talked about, my growth spurt hit when I was like 13, 14. I was this site at 13, 14. So when I played basketball for two or three years. Dominating. <laughs> I got the ball almost at half court at the end. Of, we were playing down at uh, Northampton Community College on their court. I d- turned around and put the shot up from almost half court and s- swooshed it. Nice. Complete ad- adrenaline rush. I don't know how I ever did it. But I used to practice those shots in my uh, – at my house, because we had a basketball rim, I had the three-point marks drawn out on our, our pavement driveway. Nice. And, and then we used to go into the cornfield across the street <laughs> and start shooting from there. <laughs> trick shots. We used to do backwards trick shots. And... Absolutely. Well, you're playing horse, right? Yeah. You, know, you got to do the crazy <laughs> shots. I, uh, I had a sports court growing up uh, in, like, high school and first couple of years of college, or maybe first year of high school. And it was so much fun, like, on a birthday party when you had a few friends over in the neighborhood. You, you had a crank on the on the hoop, oh, yeah, and so you yeah. could bring it down all the way to seven feet. That was amazing because all of a sudden we're sitting there just dunking like you know like there's no like nobody's. Oh business. yeah, dude, I I had the I didn't have the crank. I had the the push. You pushed it up with the old stick and brought the rim down. Ah. I used to be able to throw the ball off the backboard. Uh, you know, do a backwards dunk. I, I mean, I could dunk every I mean, which way on, the, yeah. on, on a, a six foot, seven foot rim. I was awesome. And on a ten foot rim, I could barely touch the the bottom of the net. I know that that was the best <laughs> I ever did. And the one thing that was really uh, a bummer about that sports court hoop was that when you when you lowered the crank all the way down, instead of coming straight down and and holding straight, the thing was tilted slightly tilted, forward. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden it became very hard to shoot. So it became an all dunking game, Exactly. you know, which we probably should have just like handed the ball off every other, sh- you know, every, just to go dunk, do your favorite dunk instead you know, of trying my, to play games. My, I, I showed Nate when we were in Vegas, um, I showed Nate, the, gave him the tour of the apartment complex uh-huh. and that rim in the quarter basketball court comes down to six feet or seven feet. Really? Oh yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd say we should go play on that, but I don't want to embarrass myself and be like, Oh, I, I can't dunk a six foot court anymore. <laughs> I don't know so. if I can. <laughs> You know, just like, I don't have any needs, and I don't have any uh, athletic ability, and I'm getting old, and da, 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 da. Uh, not quite in time for our trivia question yet. So, um, you were just talking about Harden dropping 61 against the yeah. uh, Knicks, and I think it was against the Knicks, right? Did, yeah, did New Jersey still play? No, 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 no. no, no, no. Uh, New place. Jersey is actually Brooklyn now, and they play over in Brooklyn. Oh, that's the, right, uh, Brooklyn. The Barclays Center. Okay. Oh, really? Now, who, what, what does the Barclays Center host? Uh, well, they host them. They, well, they were hosting the Islanders. Now the Islanders are going to move back to the barn. I don't know if they did it this year. Or I not. wonder, do they host the, uh, the, the soccer team of, of New York where, you know, Henri was playing for the Barclays center. That's yeah. an indoor arena. 
Oh, so the soccer is probably not going to be indoor. No, 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 no. Okay. No, um, no, no. Red Bull has their own stadium there, and then then um, New York oh, Red United Bull, okay. or or what? What? The, there's another New York team that came. I know Red Bull United has their own little Red Bull stadium. Okay. It's the Barclays Center, and MTV does a lot of stuff from there. Have you Um, noticed that a lot of players score big in New York? mm -hmm. Is that because New York doesn't have good defense, or they're excited to play in New York? Um, Two things. New York isn't very good in the last lot of years. (laughs) Two, you're on the biggest stage. Like uh, when Duke went up to play, um, who was it? Uh, I don't even remember who they played, but when they played in MSG, it was, you know, here comes Zion to MSG for the first time ever. And there was a huge hype about it. When you go to MSG, MSG is one of the, the most famous sporting venues in the world. And so, they had WrestleMania there more than once. Yeah. And, and if you look at it, you know, the Big East tournaments there now, the Atlantic Coast tournaments there. Um, it's, it's the New York City spotlight because MSG is right downtown. You know, that's where they built it. It's built right downtown. You're in the middle of New York City. And the spotlight is just always on you. And um, that's why New York City is one of the hardest places to play because you have so much media there, which looking at you all the time. And and people tend to have some of their biggest games there because of that spotlight. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, right? You get jazzed up. Like when a player goes to play their their former team and Mm -hmm. they get all amped up. Or when you go to play your hometown and you get all amped up. But of course, it can work both ways, right? Yeah, it can. Sometimes you get amped up and you do terrible. So, still haven't gotten any word from uh, from the from Nate Dog. No, I've been look, trying to look at my phone because I know you sent a text when I was on my way up, and I'm like, "Good lord!" And uh, I'm, you know, we're just having fun with him, but uh, it's like, "Hey, man, you can't be sleeping through those alarms." <laughs> And, uh, and I even asked him last night if he wanted a burrito. Right. And he <laughs> he said, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, this morning when my alarm went off at uh, 4.30 or 4, yeah, no, 4.30, I was going to get up at 3.30 this morning, try and get myself on Eastern because, time because yeah. I got to be going out there for, for four days next week. I am playing golf on Tuesday next week. So I've got, I've got a lot of uh, excitement about I – I only played golf like four times this entire year, and I don't really know why that was. It was just, one, it's not it's, – it's expensive, but two – it's just, consuming. Yeah, man, it's hard to give up four or five hours, or even six hours if you got it a is. slow course. And, it is. You know, I mean, I love it, but I also, I think I've I've come to the point where I think I only want to golf nine holes because mm-hmm. it's that's, a lot that's faster. What I do. If you I'm going to do it, I do nine. Two and a half hours, no big deal. And if you go early, that's the other problem is too often uh, people want to go later in the day. And those are sometimes I wish we could, like our show was at night on Saturday right. instead because that way I could go early on Saturday morning. Right. But that's like the perfect time to go. You mm-hmm. tee off at seven o'clock. You know, you're a little bit tired when you get there, but I mean, I got to be at work at seven. So yeah. you tee off at seven, you're done by nine thirty. You can hit the grocery store or whatever and then do some errands and then you're still home. Right. And can do whatever you want the rest of the day. It's only going to be noon. Right. You know, so it, that's that's kind of the thing. Uh, again, if you want to call into the show, please do ahead, go ahead and do so at nine two nine four seven seven three two zero four nine two nine. Four seven seven three two zero four nine two nine is a New York area code, I think. I believe it is. I, I mean, think when I, had, I I called in one of their helplines um, when we were dropping shows, I think it was a, a New York person that answered. Yeah, that just that I, for some reason that's what that that number pings in my head. And I'm doing a lot. Of, I've done a lot of phone yeah. sales, so I, I think that's what it is. The yeah, I think it's New York. Uh, obviously, for people who don't know, in Colorado, it's 303 or 720. Or 970. But, oh, is 970 for the mountains? Uh, Loveland and the mountains. Oh, okay. Because that's what I have. Oh, you have 970? Yeah, I'm, I'm a 970. Okay. So, well, three, yeah, 303 and 720 are mostly like the, the uh, urban population. Yeah, the so. urban, Boulder, Denver, yeah. Colorado Springs. 
I still have actually, a Colorado Springs is seven one seven. I got a three hundred three on my cell phone, and that's why I'm never changing because three hundred three is an original. Three hundred three mafia makes you think about the uh, Seinfeld episode, right, where Elaine gets. Oh uh, yes, yeah, she gets that other number. Goes from two one two to a six four six. You don't live in New York City. <laughs> You're like, is this? A, you know, what's in the city? What city? New Jersey or Hoboken? And just like, no. Anyway, uh, Oladipo for the Pacers has torn his. The that's escaping me. Do you remember what what he actually tore? I'm gonna let you finish chewing, but um, one of the ligaments that um, attaches his quad, I believe it was. Oh, okay. So uh, whatever it is, he's out for the year, yeah. which is not good news and for the Pacers. They're they don't expect him to be ready to start next year at the beginning. Of the oh. year. You know, he's Oladipo is a IU uh, player mm-hmm. and uh, had a nice. One year, two year. I always think the problem that IU runs into with basketball. And you know, they got shelled by Michigan last night. I think, oh, yeah, I think they, they did. They were losing by well, it's 20 Michigan, Michigan, Michigan beat them last night, the, the, the worst they've ever beat in the Indiana team last night. Michigan, really? Michigan is number five in the country now, right. 19 and one. Right. So. And IU has been in and out of the top 25. They have. IU is, they still have good teams. What I feel like I've noticed with IU is that they have a lot of trouble getting the one and done type players. Mm-hmm. And. You know, it used to be IU was a great exposure place, mm-hmm. but I tell you, that's the problem. You don't have someone like Bob Knight. When you have an, a character as a coach or a very distinctive coach, that does help a lot with recruiting it, it, because it, it gives exposure. And exposure, you know, you, Bobby Knight, yeah, I know a lot, a lot of the alumni from there were embarrassed by him and whatnot, but he kept the spotlight on the school, and that helps you get players because players want to go where they're going to get recognition. And without a big coach, they don't get that. So now you see that's why you see Kansas and uh, Kentucky and Duke getting like the mass majority and of the have, uh, We have Kansas and Kentucky eight versus nine tonight um, at 6 p.m. Eastern. KU versus UK. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a, a good battle, a very good battle. Actually, mm-hmm. that could be a that could be a, a preview to a, a possible national championship yeah, game. Very much so. So uh, obviously Duke with those those four crazy freshmen that are just uh, lighting up yeah. the world. Uh, you'd think that they would be a, a big a big hit. I do hope yearn to see like a elite eight matchup with Gonzaga and Duke. That would be nice. Uh, you know, uh, it would be, it would be really, really nice. And then congratulations to Gonzaga women's team. They are in the top 25 right now too. So Gonzaga representing strong in uh, basketball. Gonzaga is no longer a Cinderella folks. They, they are, are a, they're just a legit team. <laughs> they so really are. Don't, don't uh, come back or that's not what I was thinking. <laughs> I was trying to think of a different, Song verb verbiage. I don't remember. Cinderella she does not old. have a shoe anymore. She, <laughs> she's got full on clogs, I guess. Yeah, she's, she's already li- uh, she's already living in a castle now. So, yep. uh, see, Stephen Curry to join brother Seth in the three point shooting contest. Yeah, Who so does gonna, Seth play for? That's a really good question. That he plays. Uh, I just had this on. I just had it on the thing this morning. I. Uh, out? Hold on a second. Now That's I haven't seen question. who's going to be playing in the three-point contest. I think uh, did did Clay win it last year, or did he lose last year? And he won That's two years ago. I know he won two question. years ago. But um, uh, I think it was two years ago he won. I don't think he won last year. No, I can't remember who all was in it last year. But there was a lot of duds last year, if I remember correctly. Oh, that's right. right. Portland Trailblazers. Seth plays for. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, how many years has he been playing? Do you know? Mm, that's a good question. I'm guessing it can't be more than like I can't remember if he's older or younger either. I think I think he's, I think he's younger. Yeah. Who did Steph, Steph Curry play for? Steph out of college. Yeah. Uh, what was his what college was Dayton? team? Dayton. 
terrible. I, I, I believe it was Dave. That's that's a problem with the one and done. You don't you don't associate a guy with you know very long. I do remember Carmelo played for for Syracuse. But, mm-hmm. He was a Cuse boy, and uh, and the Carmelo came straight off the streets in New York City playing street ball. Right, <laughs> and I mean, like, and that, I think that's why he's having such a problem being a secondary player. Right, right. Now. and in college it works because of the same reason it works in college football when you're just a high talent and even you have no a ten set head because you know your talent is so high that you can just run by people. Okay, so Seth, uh, Seth is 28 years old. And Steph, Steph is 30. That's a, that's a good question. Maybe he's 20. Well, yeah, no, he's 30. So yeah, it's, he's 30. It's, okay. Yeah, yeah. So he's two years older than his, his little brother. Wow, so many players are hitting 30, and I think about I saw him, I saw their rookie seasons. And, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, just like you remember when Steph came, Stephon came in the in the in the league, and that's when the Nuggets were actually still good, and then they yeah. had that one year where the Warriors beat the Nuggets, and that was when we still had. Um, the guy that went and played for the Warriors, he's still on the Warriors, I think. The shooting guard, real good defender. Um, oh, goodness. Oh, he was so good for the Nuggets, and then we lost, and they signed him. They, then he went to the Warriors after we lost to the Warriors. I know who you're thinking of. Um, oh, this is terrible, man. What a terrible morning. <laughs> like, you know, Brain this, fart. This is, this is my getting up at you know at four thirty, trying to get on Eastern time, and I'm not this, thinking. This, this is me actually sleeping for once. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, who was it? It's going to bug if, me all day. If I get three hours of sleep, I'm great. If I get six or seven hours of sleep, I'm horrible. <laughs> Dude, okay, I have to look this up. Look, <laughs> go, talk for a second. Go ahead and look it up. But, yeah, Old Depot is uh, – he's going to be out. And then, you know, I'm looking forward I, – I don't technically – I mean, with some of these young guns coming into the dunk contest, it's getting a little more interesting. There's a bunch of college kids that are pulling off some crazy dunks right now. Um, the kid down of Murray State is, is is one of those guys. But Andre Iguodala. Oh, Iguodala. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's that's who I thought. Great defender, yeah. and that was the last time the Nuggets were good. Yeah. Was when he was on the team, and they lost to the Warriors, and that was the first year the Warriors were anything. Yeah. And that was when Steph had changed his workout routine, strengthening coach to focus on keeping his ankle healthy. healthy yeah, and yeah. ever since he kept his ankles healthy, he's been one of the best players mm-hmm. in the league. So it just goes to show you, if you don't spend as a team on health, you know, nothing else really matters, man. If your players aren't able to go out there and you see it a lot with the same teams, don't you? Mm-hmm. Baseball, football, and basketball, a team that just does not have their stuff together or their owner doesn't spend a lot on the facility. It's like, you know what? Spend more money on your healthcare facilities in the stadium, then your weight room, then the locker room, you know, just be smart, do what you have to do for your players to be on the floor. So, um, but that's my soapbox having no money and not having to make those (laughs) kind of decisions. Uh, Let's move on to baseball. All right. So first off, we just wanted to give a a shout out to Ichiro Suzuki. Mm -hmm. He signed a minor league contract with the Mariners with the expectation they will call him up for their first series, which is in Japan. Yes. Yep. They, uh, I think it's a I think it's a great move by the Mariner, Mariners organization. Why not? I mean, I mean everybody over there associates yeah. Ichiro with the Mariners because that's where he first went to play. Exactly. Uh, how crazy is it to think that he had like a thousand something hits over in Japan, like twelve hundred something? Then he comes over to the U.S. and he's got like three thousand eighty nine hits Absolute here. Insane to think of, of what he's done hit wise. So I mean, it's, I mean, it's total hits of his career, which obviously doesn't count because right. you wasn't doing it in the major leagues the whole time. Right. But I mean, he's he'd be passing up Pete Rose here. Yeah. And uh, heard a great quote from somebody because we were on a happy hour yesterday. The quote was about they were trying to figure out from Trivial Pursuit they were playing if it was either Ty Cobb or 
uh, Ted Williams or Pete Rose. And it was, I've got two arms and two legs. And I forgot the rest of the quote. <laughs> that kind of makes it anticlimactic. Anyway, it was just kind of crazy thinking it was a, it was a kind of a humble uh, statement. And I was surprised to find out it was Pete Rose because Pete Rose was not exactly a humble type player. Definitely not humble. But then I thought, well, maybe he was humble. He was just confident because I don't remember him ever like ripping other players. Oh, he was confident. Make no mistake about that. Yeah. Oh, he I was mean, Charlie he, Hustle, he, man. He'd be the first one to run you over at the plate and not do it by just right. dropping his shoulder. He'd go midair on your ass. Wait, it's like that movie <laughs> The Founder with Michael Keaton, which I love. Uh, and he also he kind of borrowed a quote from Calvin Coolidge, which is um, something about like uh, there's un, unsuccessful geniuses everywhere. There's uneducated or there's educated fuel, fools everywhere. And there's unrewarded genius anywhere you look, something like that, or, or right. is a proverb or whatever. And then it goes, but persistence is what makes the difference. Right. And, you know, it makes you think about baseball, football, everything like that. They talk about how, like, if you're going to play in the in NFL and be successful, that you have to make it a lifestyle. It's not about, oh, yeah, I'm a football player. And it's like, no, you live football, right. and you happen to play it one day a week. Exactly. You know, and so uh, Ichiro, I think, is a good example of a guy who lived and breathes and dies yeah. in sport. Also, I've never, ever seen or heard a single thing about Ichiro out drinking, DUIs, partying. Nothing negative. Nothing never. negative. No, I don't hear a lot of anything, anything, period, about him. Yeah. Which I think that just goes to show you who's going to be a great player mm-hmm. as, a, as a person that's like, you know what? I don't really have a life outside of my career, but my career is something that most people would just dream to do mm-hmm. for their life. And I'm going to, and I appreciate it. And I'm going to treat it that way. You know? So, it, you know, it's funny. I saw a, I saw a really good picture and quote. Uh, since we were, we're talking about all-time hits in the um, Hall of Fame here, um, how Pete Rose signs a baseball now. It says hits and 4,000 and whatever hits he has, how many he had, 397 or something like that. And it says steroid zero. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, when he was, uh, you know, when his daughter went to see you yep. up here in Boulder, and when we were uh, watching the Eagles and uh, whatever game, and I Tampa. think it was, yeah, Tampa, Tampa right. Tampa. And I don't, I don't know if it was you that I followed. Or, no, it was somebody who was from from Cincinnati, I think. And anyway, I followed them because we walked up to his table and I was so awestruck. Like I literally did nothing but just took up my hand to shake it. And he shook my hand and, I, and I, then I said, thank you. And I was, but I was so, and I mean, and I, from what I remember, his daughter was beautiful and I don't think yeah. I even looked at her because I was just staring. It was like, you're the hit king. <laughs> I mean, you're the man, dude. You're like the it's, greatest player. It's one of those things when you, when you get in front of, you know, great talent like that, it's, it's you, it's 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 an amazing thing. Like I've been around Mike Schmidt. I've been around. Uh, oh God, I, I've seen so many different Phillies. I've seen so many different people in Denver. Yeah. Um. You know, at that, that first glance, it's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was also a problem of my being about six beers deep. Yeah. And I'm not it, it was Becky. You fought Becky. Got the plate signed. Yeah, Becky. Well, and then um, Jason sent Karen up yep. to, to see him because you know Karen didn't really didn't really follow baseball yeah. at all. And so she just walked up there and go, you know, and I think she's like something like, uh, my boyfriend is is dying to have us, you know, uh, I want to get a, your signature for my boyfriend. He'd, he'd just die, you know, and and so he's very gracious. Yeah. And, I, and I feel bad now thinking about almost all of us in that room, which there must have been 20 of us at that. At There's that a lot of pod. us. <laughs> and I think every one of us at, at one point went up to, and to, to shake his hand. And I thought, I do feel a little bad because as much as it would be awesome to have people revere you like that, it would also get, I can see how it would get annoying. Yeah. Be like, I'm just trying to have dinner with my, lunch with my daughter. You know, I can't just sit here and do we have to go into a private room to just have lunch together? It's very but, true. But then, you know, I, there's the other side of it, which is 
you're getting to be lauded for playing a game, which is like the dream for almost any man and, and a lot of women out there. Exactly. Like if I could get pay, paid to do a sport that I love, how amazing would that be? How much fun would that be? Awesome. And, uh, <laughs> and so I, I, I do want to give Pete Rose, uh, you know, a shout out that he was kind to every person that went up mm-hmm. to see him. He didn't, you know, and, and also I thought it was classy that none of, nobody out there was like, you know, talking about the gambling or anything. It was just like, dude, you're the man. Yeah. You belong in the hall of fame. You know, we're so, we're so honored to get to meet you and everything. And I know some people don't like him because of the gambling thing. I couldn't care less about I, the gambling. I couldn't care either. Cause he wasn't betting against his team. He was betting for his team. Yeah. To I win. just, I cannot fathom that guy betting against his team or yeah, himself. I, just, I mean, I, I, he's the most competitive human being in the world. Exactly. It, there's, there's, there's no way he would ever bet against his team. Yeah. I, I'm, and, I'm just sorry. There's and, no way he would. Have yeah. Done and I, I don't have a problem with gambling to begin with. Now I, right. I, yes, I don't think you should gamble on your team. Right. right. I wish he had just gambled only on other teams other, or not his, yeah. his own team. Or, uh, or who was on playing. another sport. Right. Yeah. That would have been better. You know. But problem is when baseball season's in, there's nothing else to gamble on. Right. That's I, mean, true. I mean, you could, you could maybe do a little, you maybe, maybe get a little bad basketball, but back in, you know, back when he was playing, yeah, there wasn't was a little much, harder. Yeah, there, so. there wasn't much to gamble on. Right. So, um, but I do remember when she went up and got his signature and it just said Pete Rose and, and then the E, you know, had like a tail that went underneath yep. the rest of it. Yep. And then there was like the two little hash lines that people do on the, on those lines. And then underneath that, it said the hit King. And I thought, dude, that's just awesome. So, and we're not going to get to see him again, I don't think, because well, he's still alive, right? Pete's still alive. Yeah, right? but his daughter obviously graduated oh, a yeah, long time yeah. ago. So that was uh, that was back in two thousand and one. Well, whenever the Buccaneers and Eagles <laughs> yeah, played in the NFC Championship, was uh, that was all the way back when they had Brad uh, 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 Smith. Who was the quarterback for the Bucks when they won? For the Bucks, Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson, and then you know Warren Sapp and yeah. Tiki, and not Tiki Barber, but the other one, um, Rondé. Rondé Barber, who played so much longer than Tiki, which was odd. Well, Rondé was a cornerback and Tiki was a running back. Yeah, you think I, about it. Tiki still retired when he was still had plenty of, of gas in those legs, did. and then they won, the, they won the Super Bowls after he left. Yeah, I know that's so. it. Kind of sucks for Tiki, but you know Tiki still did have some gas in the tank. I just don't think he had the desire to play anymore. Tiki and Rondé were not a lot alike. They, yeah. they were very different. Yeah, for and twins, right? Yeah, they were. But, and you know what? That's actually probably a credit to his character. Get out when you don't want to play anymore. Don't. Right. don't Barry don't, Sanders did it. Yeah, right. He Calvin walked, Johnson He walked did right it. away from the game. Calvin walked right away from the game. And when you see that 30 for 30 with uh, Barry, he sure doesn't seem like he regrets it. No, it doesn't seem like one bit it's that like, he regretted oh, it. I did what I wanted to do, yeah. and now I'm going on. And you know what? More power to you. Yeah. Enjoy life. You know, and he's not going to be having CT issues. You know, in fact, when you see him interviewed now, I mean, the guy's sharp as a tack. He is sharp as a tack. And that's when you see some of the older players interviewed, you you kind of on JoJo's show, we had this the one time, uh, one of his interviews, uh, he openly says, talks about, you know, being diagnosed with CT. He got diagnosed up in Toronto and, you know, he, the, the, the guy is a great guy. And I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but um, you know, he's, you could, it sounded like a puncher that was punch drunk. Oh, you know, a boxer, when you, yeah. yeah, boxer, you know, um, and then that's what it's, it, that's what you kind of, you kind of get that and you, you like, wow, man, that's just, that's tough to deal with. And yeah. you know, that's, that's because, I mean, I have 12 major concussions of 12 minor. It's like, you know, and you know, I've got the cyst where that ceiling fan hit me on the brain in 97. And it's just like, you start thinking of it, you start like, well, I watched the Jim McMahon special. Right. Um, and it was just like, you, your heart breaks thinking, going, is that going to be me in 10 years? Right. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. We talked about how he like is driving and all of a sudden's like, where do I live? Oh, I did that once already. I was in, I was all the way down in Littleton and I was having a fierce migraine and I was, uh, I was, I was actually buying, um, this is when I had my dog, I was buying 
um, a, a, a carpet cleaner mm. from Walmart, and they, they 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 said they had one right at the one store off of a uh, uh, federal, and it wasn't there. So I had to go all the way down to Littleton. It, it, the, the the sun went down. I didn't have any of my medication with me. Had a fierce migraine. I actually called my mom and I asked her. I said, "What is my home address so I can punch it in to know how to get home right now?" Wow. I couldn't remember it. I mean, it was the scariest thing. I actually, I, I, I was so out of it. I actually stopped at the, the Chipotle. Um, it was like a Colfax and Wadsworth. I sat down and ate a whole burrito just to get some sort of food in me to try to get, you know, my right. blood sugars up and just everything trying to working again. It took me so, it took, well, me, like, just a it took me like alone. two hours to get home. A, a, a migraine alone is hard to, to survive. You yeah. Know? I mean, let alone doing other things. The only hope that we have is that, or, or, you know, possibility that we have that they may advance enough in the next 20 years that assuming I make it that long, mm-hmm. that they have things that can help with things like Alzheimer's and, yes, yeah. and other brain diseases and stuff that you, people deal with. It's also interesting. Every time you read an article about, Oh, this may help ward off, you know, Alzheimer's, Oh, this might help get, you know, give out or, or you know, this might cause it and stuff. And those things change back and forth so well, often. It's like one week bacon's good for you. The other week bacon's bad for you. Eggs, right? <laughs> Eggs, that's the other yeah. one. For a diabetic, are they good or are they not good? Well, you know, the whites are always good. Well, if you don't have the yellows, though, you're not getting this. Well, it's a lot of cholesterol. Well, but also it also aids in this. I mean, it, it, there's, I don't think there's any magic bullets. Yeah. But uh, if they can figure out something for Alzheimer's, which I actually was uh, a pharmaceutical sales rep for a, mm-hmm. an Alzheimer's de- uh, product, and I can tell you right now, there are not har- there really aren't any Alzheimer's medications that really work very yeah. well. That, they that, slow that, down. That's kind of what I hear. Yeah, they slow down the dec- decline. You can take Namenda when you get kind of advanced. Mm. You can take the medical foods in the early portion. You can take um, uh, what's the big one? It starts with an A. It's been a while since I sold the drugs. Uh, Altivia. <laughs> no. Uh, Aricept. Okay. And uh, and Aricept. Exelon and Namenda? Is it Exelon? Is that the other one? And then Namenda. I don't know. I'm actually going to the sales conference I'm going to this weekend is uh, all as a migraines and depression medication sales. So that'll be interesting to kind of, you know, I like to pick the, if, if any of the data scientists are there, I like to pick their brains and kind of. Can I stow away in your suitcase? Because this is the perfect conference for me. <laughs> sure. I, I, I hear the, uh, I hear the, the check on the portion of the plane is rather cold. So make sure you bring a blanket, but uh, you're welcome. I got, an, I, I, I've only got one bag. I can take two. So, uh, and I've actually got to use my, gar- new, my new garment bag, which will be fun. I took that to Vegas. It worked great to keep my clothes from getting real wrinkled, which is mm-hmm. a huge plus have to wear a suit the third night to the awards dinner. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last day of the conference is on Thursday, but I'm actually leaving in the morning because it's just going to be field breakouts, which is like right, individual right teams on. and their district managers. And so I was like, do I need to be that? And they're like, no. I was like, okay, I'll be flying out at 8 a.m. to get the hell out yeah. of there. Uh, down in Pensacola, Florida. So, oh, no, I'm sorry, Sarasota, Florida. Sarasota, Sarasota, uh, yeah. But again, like I said, I do get to go golfing. You'll, you'll I don't really know which enjoy course that. Yet. You'll enjoy it, no matter yeah. what course. <laughs> I've never golfed in Florida. And the best part was, uh, when the gal who asked me if I was going to bring clubs or I'm going to rent them. And I'm like, I'm going to rent them. I'm not yeah, going to even bother taking my car back. Yeah. And I've taken, I took my clubs down to Cabo and it's not worth taking golf clubs for one game. It's no, just, it's, it's just not. It's, it's a lot to carry. It is. Now, if I had one of the big travel bags for right. my golf clubs, my dad gave me the tip of, you can put all sorts of stuff in there yeah. along with your golf bag. Like you could put like, you know, shorts and shoes and, you know, toiletries, all sorts yeah. of stuff you can stick in there and, and save yourself room. So that would not be a bad thing if I was going on another vacation and I get one of those. Mm-hmm. But I've switched to a cart bag, yeah, which is a lot bigger. Cart, yeah. But 
I also love the big car pack because it holds everything, you know, and, you know, you know, it's whatever preference. And I don't really carry my bag a lot. I have a cart that I can push and right. walk, but I don't, I'm not really going to hoist it and carry it because my knee will shatter about oh, God, yeah. <laughs> six or seven. Anyway, um, I don't know. I don't have any idea why I was talking about all that. So I'm sure it was something important at the time, but probably not. <laughs> anyway, um, let's see. So Hall of Fame happened this weekend. We got some really good ones in. Uh, yeah, I, uh, so this is an interesting conversation. Two of these guys, I would vote in no question. The other two, I wouldn't have even thought of putting them in. Uh, I'm going with the two that we put in. I've gone. Yeah. We got some good ones in right there. <laughs> so in the first one is the first ever unanimous selection, mm-hmm. which how is it that Babe Ruth was not a unanimous selection? There must yeah. have been a Boston writer that was pissed. Uh, could have been. <laughs> I mean, I, think about it back then in his day. How's Ty Cobb not getting on unanimously? I, I, I mean, I know he was question. an a-hole, but still. Uh, anyway, Mariano Rivera, first player ever to get unanimously big, elected big to the Mo. Hall of Fame. And I think it was his first his first eligibility uh, year, I, right? I believe it was. So it um, shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. I mean, Mariano Rivera is undisputedly the greatest closer of all time. Yes. I think you could also make an argument for Dennis Eckersley, maybe Eric Gagne, but I don't think he was there long enough. John Schmoltz had a great, you know, Lee Smith, who got in this year. Uh, he, uh, you know, he had a very, he broke the record at one point and, mm-hmm. and played for the Cubs and the Cardinals and some other teams. But I, I don't think there's any question that Rivera is the greatest closer of all time. Uh, hands down the greatest closer of all time, I believe. Through one pitch, a cutter could locate it with masterful efficiency. Yeah. And it had so much break on the end of it. Just no one could ever touch the guy. He has had, there have been more men to walk on the moon than have scored an earned run off of Mariano Rivera yeah. in the playoffs. And he's one of the most interesting guys. I mean, you listen to uh, Joey Votto was given an um, uh, interview the other day. And if you listen to Joey Votto, got to sit next to him, gone to the all-star game in St. Louis. And he's like, it was the best two and a half, three hour flight I've ever been on <laughs> because just the stories and the way Mariano talked to you, it, it just, it was class personified. He said, basically. he's a huge community guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's very big on the opioid thing. He, yes. he was on like different councils and mm-hmm. works really hard to try and, and, you know, especially, you know, Hispanics of his same yeah. descent. Like uh, I think he's Dominican. I, I believe think. he's Dominican. Uh, I, I apologize if we're wrong on that, but, uh, no, just a great, a great ambassador for the game, uh, well-respected as, a, as an amazing player, as a great player, a lifetime single-team player, which is rare. You know, just uh, – and so his, his – uh, well, some of his stats real quick here. So 13-time All-Star, only 13? Yeah, well, that's just a sham. Um, although, you know, you can't ever really count on – you can't use that reference on old-time players because did you know there used to be dual All-Star games? Yeah, back in the day, there was gold. yeah one in July mm-hmm. and then one after the season, mm-hmm. and they should do that again. I think they should do the not a bad idea. Yeah, but I guess they're probably worried about people getting hurt or mm-hmm. something, or also the people who don't make the playoffs. They're like, hey man, I'm I'm done with baseball for the next four months. So, and we are only uh, three weeks away from spring training. Yeah, we're we're not that far out. Yeah, so uh, boy, guys, yeah, sign sign Harper. Just I mean. <laughs> I, I got to say, I think he's going back to the Washington Nationals at this point. Where else is he going to go? Well, it's crazy because the Phillies are still lurking around that talk. But if he hasn't signed with the Phillies yet, why would he? I don't know. And and this is the new conversation that we were talking about at the beginning of the show of the new conversation of baseball of, you know, holding out to the last second. Right. And, and, and seeing where the pieces fall because basically with the Dodgers signed Pollock, they're, they're out. Done. They're out of the Harper running. Well, they're not going to sign anybody else. Yeah, yeah they're done. So they're done. 
So it's 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 you know it's just kind of where the dominoes the of the cards don't really have fall. Room for him, no, they right? don't. They don't. So uh, the Indians would be a good spot, but they're shedding payroll. They are. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where he really does wind up, and if he does wind up Angels, back with Washington, Phillies, Nationals. I know the Cubs aren't going to sign him. So yeah. I mean, I, there's not many. And I, I just New York could sign him. I just don't know where he would play. You can make him a DH That's or a really good question. But I mean, I think they, they want to keep uh, Stanton as a DH or to yeah. keep him healthier, you know, because I mean, you don't want him to lose time in the DL. Oh yeah. I, I don't know. It's it just, it, it's a very interesting thing. I, I'll admit, I'm not sure I would want Bryce Harper because I'm not sure he's the player he needs to be for the controversy he causes, but it's a tough pick right now because you got to remember Bryce came right out of high school into the MLB mm-hmm. played, minimal games in the minors and went right up to the majors and he's still a little bit of a hothead. Yep. And, and he is only 26. Yeah. So he hasn't even hit his prime yet. He hasn't. So, I mean, you really, I mean, you know, people can still turn it on later and, and, and had he, an MVP season. He has an MVP season, but he also has a season where he lost his swing completely. Oh Remember my gosh. That? that was two years ago. Yeah. Two years and last ago. Year he completely didn't, lost his swing. And last year he was better, but he didn't, he didn't re- rebound. I mean, this guy's no. not for, for a guy who's asking for $300 million, you should be batting 300. Yeah, I mean, he, he after after that 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 two years ago season, he should have rebounded better last season, and he didn't. Yeah. And then I think that's a concern to a lot of um, general managers and owners yep. of teams. Of he didn't really bounce back, especially that when bad. you consider like how well the like Adam Eaton and uh, Daniel Murphy and mm-hmm. and uh, 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 what's the Zimmer, uh, Ryan Zimmerman mm-hmm. and who's the third baseman over there? Uh, I. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, just, but what I'm what I'm getting at is they had a lot of hitters hit well. Yeah. So you can't. I wouldn't blame the hitting coach or the hitting right, staff right. for what happened. Um. Anyway, for again going back to Myron Rivera, forty plus saves nine seasons. Yep. Fifty plus saves two different seasons, and the all time record in saves at six hundred and fifty two. So congratulations, Mariano. Uh, I think you deserved that unanimous selection. And while I'm not a huge closers getting into the hall type person. For him, no question. Yep. Revolutionized the position, um, did what did, did for the position what Dennis uh, Eckersley did for it the first time yeah. around, and uh, just nonstop brilliant. He never had a bad year. So, uh, and he and he retired while he was still on top, which he did. I he like. Did. I like that yep. a lot. So, uh, before we go on to the next player, let's go ahead and jump back into our uh, trivia question. questions yep. here. So we'll start with mine here. So, who? Uh, what are the most All Star votes ever received in one year in the NBA? Okay, so obviously it was LeBron this year. Correct. All right. And do you know how many he had? Um, let's see, all-star votes. Range of anywhere between three and five million, I'd say. Let's see. It was. Oh, that's the other one. I mean, that's kind of a broad spectrum, but. No, it's. Uh... Sorry, I had to unblack it out. Uh, so LeBron got 4.6 million votes this year, and that was the record. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw it, but do you have any, any guess on this on the who was before that? I didn't see it. But if I'm going to make a guess, um, if it's not Michael Jordan, it's not Michael Jordan. I would have to go somewhere between Kobe or Allen Iverson. No, and I think the reason that it's not any of those guys is because 
I don't know if they were in the right seasons to have the online voting, right? That's true. Actually. And that kind of skews things. Yeah, that, no, you're, you're actually right on that. Online now, whereas it used to be you had to go to a game, game and, and fill out the card. Yeah, you remember doing cards. that at the baseball stadium? I love stadium? doing that. Yeah, punch, oh, yeah, the punching little punch out the little card. Oh, used to love doing that. That was awesome. And I think they should go back to that, honestly. It'd be I, nice. think, I think the internet voting uh, allows for bots. It allows for yeah. you know uh, cramming or, or ballot stuffing. And I mean, I know that they say you know it wasn't fair to some players that way because a team that was good got more fans to come to the ballpark. It's like, well, that was, yeah. I sympathize with that, but I also say like I put some trust in fans, and they say you know if, if it's a close call on a position, you know what? Okay, fine, ballot stuffers get to win. But most fans, I think, are smart. Like I remember when Johnny Damon, you know, from the when he was playing with Kansas City, won over like some much more popular. Mm-hmm big-time players on big teams, and that was when he was playing, you know, like I said, in Kansas City, and he won it. And that happens a lot. People, The fans are not stupid. The fans are like, no, they want to vote in the players they want to see. Baseball fans are definitely like that. I mean, that's one of the things you've seen through the course of history of baseball is they will vote in the proper player instead of ballot stuffing for their home team. So I, I don't mind. I don't mind if they stuff ballots a little bit. but So I got to think, think of the social media era then. Yeah. I, well, so I'll give you the first hint. It's 2009. Okay. Puts me back into... Ten years ago. Was it Shaquille or Penny Hardaway? You're closer. Okay. Right team. <laughs> uh, Who else is a big-time player that played for that team? The Magic or... Well, that, I don't think Penny ever played for anybody else, did he? Uh, yeah, Penny only played for the Magic. Uh, big-time player paying... Oh, it was. Uh, so I'll give you another hint. Vince Carter. No. No, wait a minute. No, no, it no. It was no. the guy who. Uh, Jackson, did... Jackson, Jackson. Jackson? No, I'm thinking of somebody That's else. That's from Dallas Mavericks? No. Um, so this guy on, the, on Slam Dunk, he uh, put a sticker on the backboard while he dunked the ball. That was his. I, his... I, I know who this is. I just can't. The name ain't coming out of my mouth. Likes to have a Superman. Jersey on or a Superman uh, I, emblem. I know exactly. I guess, I guess Shaq did that too. Shaq did that uh, too. Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard, that's right. And he had <laughs> in 2003 or 2009, excuse me, uh, 3.1 million votes. Wow. Which is not even that many votes when you consider like how many fans there are, how many people there are in the country, right? I mean, yeah. that's not that many votes. But that 2009 internet was obviously in full swing. It was. Social but I don't, know if they, I don't know if they were using it yet. Social media, yeah, that's a little different because yeah. Facebook just recently had their 10-year anniversary, yeah, right? They so, did, yeah. And uh, I love those, like, the showing how you aged ones and how they have those, like, those oh, yeah, memes, the, the, you know. The, the, about... the, the, well, here's me 10 years ago. Here's me today. I'm like, here's just me. <laughs> and the one I just <laughs> love the most was the Aunt May from Spider-Man and how it's that old lady in the Peter Parker, the uh, uh, Tobey Maguire Superman uh, or okay, Spider-Man, yeah, yeah. and then it's Marissa Tomei in the new yeah, Spider-Man, yeah. and it's like, oh, she got younger and hotter <laughs> over 10 years. She's got she's doing it right. All right, and so go to your okay, question. Okay, so now, who was the only person to rush for three TDs in a Super Bowl? Rushing TDs. Okay, so my first guess... I, I, I don't know why this is coming into my mind. Jerome Bettis. That's a really, really good guess, but it's incorrect. <laughs> okay. I'll do one more guess before I ask for a hint. Uh, let's see. I just don't think Roger Craig had that many back in the Niner days. I don't know if Gail Sayers ever came close to that, but he could have. I'm going to actually go with Emmett Smith. 
That's another good guess. <laughs> Just because he had so many opportunities. Right, right. Not it. Now, Roger Craig did have three touchdowns, one rushing, two two passing touchdowns, and one Super Bowl. Makes sense for a, for a West Coast offense. Mm-hmm. What about um, you know, the, one, the other one I was thinking of was uh, 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 for the Patriots, um, uh, LeGarrette Blount. That's another really good guess. <laughs> but that, that is also incorrect. All right. So give me the year, um, if you know it. The year I'll give you the uh, he went to the University of Georgia. Uh, that doesn't help me very okay. much. Okay. Um, I don't think I know anybody from Georgia. I'm trying to I'm trying to give you a hint without giving it totally away. <laughs> well, let's just go team then. Uh, that even gives it away <laughs> even more. <laughs> uh, I mean, it wasn't TD, right? Really, Terrell Davis. No kidding. I didn't. Wow, even with those migraines, huh? Was it was it the Green Bay game or the Falcons game? Do you know? Which one was it? <laughs> it was one of the two. Because remember in Green Bay, they let him score that last touchdown to get yeah. the ball back and try and score themselves. I think it was I think it was Green Bay game because that was the game where he kind of took the game over and so on and so forth. Well, I feel like that was the game he had his migraine and he missed maybe, maybe it was a few the, carries and they went back in. Maybe it was with the a freaking game. migraine. Went and played football. Yeah, I don't. Man, that's a, that's a competitor right there. That is, but I mean, it, it was TD, and I, maybe it was the Atlanta guy. I, don't, I forgot to look which year it was. He made um, the Hall of Fame, right? He last just year, did, yeah, this year. I am so happy for TD. Yeah. I mean, I know that, that there's controversy about him making it with that, how short his career was. Yeah, yeah but there my is, but goodness, he was dominant. He was very dominant, and oh. when you think about the, the the competition that was around then, because mm-hmm. he went in, I think uh, he went in with LT Ladanian this year. Oh, L- LT was this year, or LD was this year? Yeah, I think they were both this year, or they were okay. both last year, one of the two. Yeah, I mean, well, and, and no question about Ladanian yeah, to yeah. me. Um, but I, having been here and living in, in Denver right around the time that his career took off, and and actually I moved here during the second Super Bowl, so he was already already full swing, yeah. but I watched his 2,000-yard year, and that was not a cheap 2,000-yard year. I mean, every oh, one of those no, no. yards was well-earned. Yeah. And they and the Broncos ran that old style of offense with, you know, it was Kubiak was the offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. and they had that famous line coach that I can't remember his name now, but they had him for a number of years. Alex Wood? No, Alex. Mm, I know where you're going with it, but I don't remember his name anymore. It's been too long. Man, how many names have I not been able to come up with today? This is just getting embarrassing. But anyway, Alex. It, it was it was your old student body right, student body left, student body up the middle. USC right. kind of running. Dude. Yeah, and it was always it was barrel ahead and yeah. break two tackles. I'll never forget that year that they played uh, the Falcons and embarrassed them in the Super Bowl. You had Jamal, excuse me, Jamal Anderson doing the Dirty Bird yep, uh, the dance, dirty bird. you know, and and uh, they both had that great year and stuff, and it was like you know the squaring off of the two great running backs, and then it was like oh it was not even close. Well, I mean, you know, but that was don't forget the Broncos had Atwater and Trevor Price. And those two guys, and not to mention Romanowski and yeah, Al Romo. Wilson, and you know the guys at the Rock middle. God, so. Al Wilson. I mean, dude, when they had him and Mosley and Romanowski, and um, I can't remember who they had on the other side, but that was just a just a daunting linebacking yeah, it really, crew. It was Atwater at safety, just scaring people to death. And then did they have? They didn't have Champ back then, right? The Champ came after that. Champ came right after that. Yeah, because they tra- oh yeah, because they traded Clinton Portis, and Portis yeah. was after TD. So. Yep, yep. Um, Boy, that's a crazy. So when when did, when did the Broncos win? Oh, that was like 97, 97 98. They won that's that. when I moved here. Ninety seven. That's right. I moved. Yeah, I moved here in ninety eight, yeah. which was the greatest baseball season I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, all those records were shattered, you yeah. know, and the oh, and the yeah. ball was juiced and everything. Well, so everything was juiced. <laughs> so the juice uh, was juiced. All right. Well, great. I, that, uh, that was a good question, and uh, congrats, TD. 
glad to see that he has dominated. And we'll come up with some more here coming into the Super Bowl weekend. Okay, still haven't heard from our co-host. Yeah, I mean, so I'm starting to worry a little I, bit. I, I am too. It's like <laughs> but usually, usually by like ten twenty-three, he usually can't, oh guys, I slept in. Yeah, I mean, boy, he's either sleeping in real late or maybe it was a little hanky panky last night and uh, had to get caught up. So uh, yeah, it was it was it was. Uh, man, I'm just surprised because the fact, like you see, that he talked. Uh, or that he that he that he was texting with us last night. Yeah, so I mean, I can't I, imagine he was up real late. Because I mean, I texted you guys at like nine twenty, and then he <laughs> he got right back to me about wanting a burrito. I do think that he's been having bad sleep lately, uh, and you know, they just kind of have those phases, and that'll kind of make it hard to, you know, that it, it might just be a wake up and yeah. be like, oh, I gotta go back to bed. And uh, but hey, some of us have been up since four something. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I just heard a surfing Facebook from my bed to try and stay awake, and it's gonna be even harder tomorrow when I get up at three. Oof. And then so I gotta get up at two a.m on Monday, meet my, my uh, co-workers at work at 3, which is just right over there. Yeah, right? it's, it's, it's right drive. The then we're going to take the drive out to the, to the airport by 4, and right. then our flight's at 6.05. Now, I know people are going to say, it's early in the morning, why can't you go show up at like 4.30 or 4.45 even? Right. Because, and now that the, the shutdown is over, maybe we could. But that was the fear. Yeah, was that, that yeah. wouldn't be as many workers there, and the line would be going slow. Because I heard and, that I was out and about, and I heard that late last night that the shutdown was temporarily over. Three weeks, three yeah, weeks, a three-week yeah. uh, continuing resolution. So yeah. maybe the maybe the TSA won't have any problems, and it would be fast. But I mean, I had heard that uh, Atlanta was one of the worst airports oh, in the country Atlanta because of the shutdown. The worst. And that's my transfer. I oh, transfer okay. from there to another airline. Good airport. To go down to I don't know if you've ever been in the Atlanta yep, airport. Twice. Yep. yep. That's where I went to a business meeting last year yeah. down there in, in Atlanta. So it's going to be a long flight. And if I don't get that, if that video game thing doesn't show up today, I'm going to be really <laughs> bummed because it's like a four-hour flight to uh, three and a half hour, three or three and a half hour flight out to Atlanta, and then like an hour and ten down to Sarasota. Right. It's the coming back from Atlanta to Denver is like a four and a half hour flight because yeah. of the jet stream. Yep. And I already told my boss, I'm like, you're not expecting me to show up at work, no, right? I'm going be. straight home, <laughs> so I'll be getting in at like one thirty, I think. So yeah, and I, and I and because and, what, what, what airline are you flying? Uh, what's that? What airline? Uh, Delta both ways. Delta. They yeah, have in house TV. I don't know. I don't watch TV on the flights. I, I, I that's what I've done. I've I've watched. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll watch because uh, like uh, when I fly Southwest, I'll get ESPN, Discovery Channel. <laughs> so I'm pretty content. Right. The whole flight. I uh, I'm gonna want to sleep, but I I gotta I try can't not sleep to. on an airplane. I mean, I just well. I can't. I don't want. I don't want to because my sleep apnea makes me snore so yeah. loud. I'm afraid I would really bother some people, <laughs> and it's not. It's not a good thing for me to, to sleep that way anyway. Right. Uh, I don't have a travel unit, so I have to have my whole full unit. I guess I could plug it in to the thing underneath the seat. Right now, both flights, I've got an empty row. We'll oh, see cool. if that holds. But I mean, it's only two days out. Right. And that gives me a good shot. And it's it also a good shot. Who the hell wants to fly at you know six in the morning? That's so the other thing. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be brutal. I gotta take an Uber back, and my boss was like, "How much of a bill is that gonna be?" And I was like, "Well, probably like sixty bucks." And they were like, "Oh, well, parking is like twelve bucks a day, so it's oh, still Uber, cheaper Uber than from parking." Uber to here? Yeah. Oh, when I got back from uh, my last trip, uh, my Uber from the airport to where I live was only thirty bucks. Really? My my Uber to the train station going out in the morning was twenty bucks. But I looked at Uber because I was going to take the train back and Uber it from Union Station to my place. Yeah. But I looked right at Uber and I got off the plane and they're like $30 right outside. I'm oh. like, done. 
Yeah, I'll check. I'll, yeah, that, I'll check that and lift and see which one is cheaper. Yeah, I mean, I get to put it on my corporate card, so yeah. it's not like it comes on off of my bill. Right. So, um, anyway, so uh, back to actual sports. Yes. So the second uh, person to make it in the Hall of Fame, I'm sure that you did. You disagreed with this one vehemently, and that uh, we're angry to see him get in, <laughs> Mr. Roy Halliday. Doc, Doc, Arvada West Project. Arvada, Arvada, uh, yeah, Arvada, baby. I mean, what a representation. Yep, Colorado in the house. Uh, Going in with no logo on his hat, the request of the family, which I think is uh, very um, respectful to the Blue Jays and the Phillies organizations. I, I, I like the move. Um, we all know who we played for, right. uh, being true fans. It's, um, hard to, it's hard to say which, which one would be better. I, I know. He won his thing. World Series with Philly, but he was only there for four years. He was only there for four. He his dominated. First, his first was, playoff you know? game was a no-no. Yeah. You know, oh, right, the Division Series. Yeah, yeah. So his first playoff start was a no-hitter. I think he had one walk that day. He didn't make the playoffs ever with Toronto? All those, I mean, he won the Cy Young sure. like twice. I'm with pretty them. sure it was never with Toronto because yeah, they just showed a, wow. a lot of. I saw it on one of the clips from the Phillies uh, right after they announced the uh, the the Hall of Fame voting, and then his first literal game was what was a no hitter, and he was unstoppable that game. I mean, yeah, his pitches were on fire. No one went, touch him. And then they went to the World Series, lost to the Yankees, and then the second time they beat somebody. Right. Well, the first World Series, because I, I was at both of them. Okay. Um, the first World Series, they beat Tampa Bay, and the oh. second World Series, they lost to the Yankees. So I was at Game oh. 3 of the first year, Game 5 of the second year. Okay, and that's when they had Cliff Lee, uh, mm-hmm. who was a very hard-to-figure-out pitcher. He was. He had, like, four amazing seasons among a bunch of bad seasons. Yes, yes. Uh, kind of reminds you of Jake Arrieta, almost, mm-hmm. except Arrieta had a nice little year last year for the he did, Phillies. He did. So uh, probably shouldn't put the curse of death on him. On no, that no, 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 uh, no. Two Cy Young Awards, eight-time All-Star. 203 and 105 record, 338 ERA, 1.18 whip, and 2,117 strikeouts. Great career. Mm-hmm. Can't argue at all with uh, getting him in. Uh, due to the you know the the horrible circumstance where he died in that plane wreck and like he right. like, I think he drowned right like said like because it, it crashed upside down. It crashed and, up, I see. Yeah, I think he actually did drown because it did crash upside down and he wasn't that far off the water when it crashed. Right, and got stuck in there yeah. and. Um, I don't know if it was like a personal. It was like a like a training flight, right? Like it was. Like, uh, it was a, like a little trainer, yeah, a little a little a little, a little uh, training plane is what it was. Yeah, I know that like, a lot of these guys, like even John Denver, used to fly these little uh, experimental, not experimental, but these little right. training planes and so on and so forth. And, and, uh, and, and you know, we don't we, we only hear about the big names that crash or you know someone that crashes like you know Harrison Ford landed on the golf course, right? You know, we only hear about that, but there's a lot of these smaller planes that crash that we just never hear about, right? Because they're not not famous people exactly exactly um but uh just oh that's my like least those are probably the two worst ways i can think of dying plane crashing and drowning i oh, only, I, I know the only thing that could be worse is fire yeah. fire must hurt like just unbelievable. Oh, it's but, gotta be but you figure you choke to death in a very short amount of time so yeah i don't know I mean, there can't there, there's no such thing as a pleasant way to die no, but no. uh anyway we'll just move on <laughs> uh so the next two players i personally just my opinion Neither one of these guys deserve to be in the Hall of Fame at all. Well, Edgar got in on his last year of eligibility. Yep. And, um, and for people who don't know, you need to get 75% of the vote right. to get into the Hall of Fame. That's, if you get under a certain amount of votes, you, you're, you're gone. And, and then you, I get, don't, you get into the, uh, the senior eligibility or whatever that. The yeah, other it's called is. the uh, Today's Game Era Committee. Yeah, that's Which is, is just weird. Do we know how many years are you eligible? I'm not. 
I, I mean, on, on the first 10? round, it's 10. Yeah. On the first round, it's 10. Okay, because so I remember Blylevin. It was a big a lot of talk about Blylevin yeah. last year, and he didn't make it, or Jack Morris didn't yeah. make it. You get 10 on the first one, and then in, in, in the post there where you can get voted in on the whatever exemption. Uh-huh, the, um, the today's game today game, committee. Yeah. Um, you know, you get to go for that. But, you know, Martinez was right on the border. I mean, he took 10 years to get right on the border. Yep. I just – both him and Harold Baines, I don't think deserve to be in, and it is because they're designated hitters. And yes. not that I don't think a designated hitter deserves to go. I think a designated hitter needs to be above and beyond mm. because they didn't hit the field. And Harold Baines was a very good designated hitter, yes. but he was not great. Edgar Martinez was also a very good designated hitter, but yes. he wasn't great. He wasn't great. And that's, is, I, think they, I think that's why it took the 10 years. I mean, mm-hmm. because like I said, he's, you're not wrong on this. You're right. He's right on the verge of being a yay or nay. Right. You know, it, it's just one of those things where, you know, he did, he got, I mean, how many votes did he get? Did he get 76%? Uh, something the, like that. 76, 77. It was, yeah, it was it, very he close. Yeah, was very close. He's like right on the verge yeah. of, of, you know, your, your, your normal just, voting. I guess my personal feeling was that the first designated hitter to get in the Hall of Fame should be David Ortiz because well, he was elite. He was he elite, was yeah. amazing. And he'll he be was in, unstoppable. He should be on first ballot when he gets dealt. I would say first or second he's going. And what yeah. is it, five years on a league? Yes, five years in retirement. So, yeah. uh, I, so but that, that to me would have been the proper way to send off that position. Yeah. Is, is when you do a position that's not a common position in the Hall of Fame, I just feel like the first one should be the undisputed deserves to be there. And technically you could say that uh, Harold Baines made it first. Cause even though Harold Baines and Lee Smith are going in on the same induction time, right. the today era committee votes are earlier in the year yes. than the hall of fame vote. Yes. And I think it's a good thing they do that because if you, you don't want to announce them all at the same time, cause you want to give the recognition to the guys who got in, you know, on the, on the, on the prior vote or the first mm-hmm. vote thing and not the, not the committee thing. Um, I mean, and again, I'm not trying to say that this guy's not a good player. I mean, he was. He was a very good player. Seven-time All-Star, two batting titles, five-time Silver Slugger, which I guess that just means you're the best designated hitter those five years. And, yeah, I mean, and that's pretty much some, what that means. He had some good years. I mean, he batted 312 for a career, 309 homers, 1,260 RBIs, a 933 OPS. Those are good numbers. They're not epic numbers. They're not elite numbers. They're a very good player who's going to start for years for you, no question. But just because a player starts doesn't mean that player is Hall of Fame worthy, in my opinion. And I, yeah. I, I'm sure people have other opinions, and, and, and I'm not going to try and argue against him going. I'm just saying if I was a baseball writer and had a vote, he would not have been on my ballot. Yeah, you know, you make perfect points there. None of those numbers are elite whatsoever. Right. You know, but they're good. And, and, and yes, if I was an American League team, and uh, I see where you, yeah, yeah, you got like a cut or a, a yeah, a, I burned my lip on some soup Thursday morning. Oh, I, is that what that is? Yeah, you can see the blister on there. Yeah, yeah. I, I came inside and I was freezing cold, so I threw some soup in the microwave real quick. Uh, uh, it was steak, and, uh, it was steak and potato soup, and uh, the, the bowl I took out wasn't that warm. And uh, well, the soup was. Oh. I, I put it in my mouth, and that steak and potato sat right there, and I was like. Oh. Oh, and it just takes about a half a second to burn. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> you know. um, the other guy that made it in the Hall of Fame uh, on voting was Mike Mussina. I wish Nate was here because – and he was just as much of a him as I was that next morning. It was like, this guy should not be going to the Hall of Fame. Yes, he was a good player. I would have voted 800 times before I'd vote for Mike Mussina. You know why? Because Mussina was just average a lot of his career. He had yeah. a couple of good years. 
like one or two years with the Orioles, he was good, and like one year with the Yankees. The rest of the time, yeah. he was very normal. Very average. Now, he was a starter worth. Yes, absolutely. He, he deserved to be a starter every year that he was playing. Yeah. But he's not – I mean, the, 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 the makes, it makes me feel like the Hall of Fame doesn't mean as much. Now, here's the goofy thing, right? If you look at the numbers, right? And we just went over Roy Halladay's numbers. Yeah. Of 203 and 105. A 3.38 RBI or ERA, mm-hmm. 1.18 WHIP, and 2,100 strikeouts. Musina was 270 and 153, right? So a lot more wins, yeah. and so more wins and then more losses than uh, Roy Halladay. So 270 and 153, a 3.68 ERA, so 0. 0.3 higher, a 1.19 WHIP, so 0. 0.01 higher, and 2,800 strikeouts, so 700 more strikeouts. Right. Now, what I don't know is how many more years he played. Now, he did not win a single Cy Young Award, and that's a big deal to me. You don't have to have a Cy Young Award to go into the Hall of Fame as a pitcher, but it, 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 it's something that ha- yeah, has to come up yeah. because you should have won one. to be. If you weren't ever the best pitcher in the league while you were a pitcher, right. are you a Hall of Famer? Yeah. You know, I, that, that is hard for me to go along with. He was a five-time All-Star. He did finish in the top five voting six times for the Cy Young, but again, he never won one, and I don't know if he was ever second place. He was a seven-time gold glover, so he's a good glove off the net, mm-hmm. off the mound, but he's also, that's not elite. I mean, Greg Maddox had 12 or 13 of them, yeah. so I, 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 I don't like these numbers at all. I, I think this, is a, this, this cheapens the Hall of Fame. No offense to Orioles and Yankees fans out there who might have been big supporters. Again, I'm not saying he's not a good player, but like with Edgar, I don't vote him in. So the, the, the question here is, um, what year is Mussina eligibility uh, to get in was this? Do you remember? I did not look that up at all. I, I forget what, what year. Yeah, um, so I'd have to say it's a little bit closer to his the tenure of getting in than anything with those numbers. Yeah, I, I can't remember when he retired, but it had to have been, yeah, probably, well, I guess it couldn't have been older, later than 2009 because – He'd probably be past eligibility, right. unless we're wrong on the number of years that you're eligible. So, um, but anyway, uh, as for Lee Smith, and we talked about Lee Smith and Harold Baines back when that vote came out uh, a number of episodes ago. I uh, no problem with Lee Smith getting in because he did hold the record for the most saves in the league. Uh, his career ended November twentieth, two thousand and eight, I think, with the, one of the Yankees World Series. Two thousand and eight. Okay, yeah. so five years to become eligible. Uh, so he probably still. So he's probably only like year six or seven. Yeah. But I, I just, I, you know, sometimes I think it's the PR campaign that your agent or 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 uh, PR company runs for you to get in. Uh, I just don't think that he was, you know, kind of at that level. Oh, just got a text message. Is I, that I, from? Uh, I, is that from our co-host? I don't, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know why I'm, I'm hearing any sound. All my sounds turned off. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Woke up. He couldn't fall asleep last night. Um, well, you know, if you're listening, you know, it's see still you, gone. Yeah, tell them to call in here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's so funny. I uh, I am I have to remember for for Monday morning to set my phone, my close alarm, my close uh, in the bedroom alarm clock, and my bathroom alarm clock, and they're all going to be set on buzzers or beeping because you never know. I can sometimes sleep through talking. Oh, but, I can too. And then and the worst part is, if I was in your situation on Monday, I would have never gone to sleep. <laughs> and I know that probably wouldn't have been possible at all, but. That's just the way I am sometimes. You know, I, I consider that is like sleeping in really late on Sunday and then being um, up all night. And then being up all night. But the thing is, I just I need that reset. Right, right, right. And to be up all day waiting to fly, 
I just, eh, that's not yeah, good. No, that's I, no, I know, I know where you're coming from. <laughs> um, and I think we can jump into the NFL. Yeah. And uh, the obvious, uh, <laughs> the obvious. Uh, let's see, the the two blatant uh, no calls that were no calls. It wasn't just pass interference. They missed a complete targeting foul too uh, in this game. So he actually got fined. For the targeting foul, $27,000. Roger Goodell is still being very, 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 very silent on the whole matter. So we had two, basically, uh, we were talking about the play heard around the world. Uh, Might be the most egregious non-call in the history of sports right now, depending on looking at the situation of everything and so on and so forth. So there's pass interference and targeting on the play. And I just saw another angle of everything last night. Yeah. Um, it was from down towards uh, the end zone camera sideline where you, the ref number 60, whatever that guy's name is. He looked right at the call. The guy up, um, the guy up the line on the sideline Thank you. Um, is literally was ready to throw the flag. You see number 60 running up and all of a sudden he starts shaking his head and, and started pumping his fist down going, no, don't call it. <laughs> and it's like, I, I didn't see that angle from before, but it's, it's one of those things where how in, in the history of, <clears throat> excuse me, in the history of we, we focused on targeting so much in the preseason and the regular season. Mm-hmm. And well, and, and, and the day and age we live in, with how many officials are on the field and cameras, how do we miss something like this? I think, first off, uh, it they had the whole game, and, and last week, or I guess you said two weeks ago now, but the week before in the divisional round, it seemed like they had, had come to an agreement to let the players play. Right. And so I think that was a big part of it. And I will say, when I saw that play live, I said, oh, I wonder if he got there early or not. But it was close. I mean, see, we see all these replays where it's like, oh, he got there before the ball. Well, it's not going that slow when you're when you're watching it. It's going in real time, wow. which is fast. And I think it was just bad angle or, you know, trying to let the, the players play. And I understand why the Saints team and, and, and fans are are upset or feel like they got cheated a little bit. But I just you know what? It was one play. And I know it, it, it's only under the spotlight because it was a play that would have ended the game. Right. And the big thing for me, because we could go back to the, um, the face mask on Jared Goff, the series before. Sure. It was a sure. little face mask and never got called. Um, the, the big thing for me is, is because everyone says pass and respect, and you, no, it's straight textbook targeting. Left his right. feet. Hit him went went with the crown of his helmet to his helmet. I mean, it's is a textbook. <laughs> oh, did you go to him with the helmet? Oh yeah. Okay. It, it's as textbook as targeting as you can ever get. Yeah. The pass interference is besides the fact. But I think the hard. And that's why they went back and find time. Find, right, and that's yeah. what they usually do is they and find those afterwards. And, and I'll tell you what. Here's where I love the college game. The college game will go in and targeting because they get kicked out of the game if it's targeting. So they actually will go to the replay to get the call right. If it's that. Yeah, I guess I don't like the idea, <clears throat> excuse me, of of replays for penalties becoming a big thing. Yeah. I think we'll start slowing games down too much. Right, and we don't want to do that. And then, you know, I, I think that our local radio guy, Stink, he made some good points about two two different things. Number one is if you're going to start saying that we can call reviews on penalties or say, hey, there was a penalty that should change this play – how many now is it just penalties that weren't called 
or is it penalties that were called and, right, and rescinded? Right. And that's where you kind of get in that gray area. If you had a camera trained as a as a team, right? You're the you're the team, and there's a camera trained on every part. So there's there's a one camera on the line, there's one camera on the quarterback, one camera on the running back, one on each of the you know midfield, short field, and deep pass ball. Yeah. Right? There's all these cameras on the field. How many plays? Would you be able to contest almost all? Everyone. Because I mean, there's always like, usually oh, somebody held. Play. Yeah, this, this guy held. Yeah. This guy did pass interference. This guy did, uh, you know, blocking the back. Whatever it is, you can get yourself into such a tizzy of problems. Yeah. It's you know what they they're doing a job. It's not an easy job it's to not, do. It's not. It's not. And they do, in my opinion, they do seem to make more errors now than they used to. Well, I know going into the playoffs, there was one of the top crews was doing in the game, and I don't remember which game this was, but I remember how terrible the officiating was because that's all they could talk about Monday morning. Right. Of how this, this, this top-notch crew completely just screwed the game. And um, I don't know. It's, like I said, it's the targeting part of it because when he hit him, he spun him around off his feet. That's how hard he hit him down. Absolutely. Down, Absolutely. You know? Yeah. And then that's – that's where the one guy wants to throw the flag. The other guy doesn't want to throw the flag. And now, yeah, to me, you have to get together and talk about it at least. Right. I think that there must be a hierarchy. So maybe if you're the line judge, you have to acquiesce to the umpire. And if you're the umpire, you have to acquiesce to the sideline mm-hmm. judge. And if you're the sideline judge, you have to acquiesce to the head guy. Or I, I don't know what the, I don't know what all the ones are, right, but right. I, I don't know how the hierarchy works. Right. I think you can overrule based on positioning or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't you know too often they call they blow a call they blow a, uh, the, the play dead and then you find out later that the guy you know like oh that was a fumble and he should have been re- been able to run it in for a touchdown right but we're gonna have so many problems like you think about that one play where the Chiefs were called for roughing the passer on Brady and the yeah, only I, thing that happened was the guy's fingers grazed his face, face mask. mask yeah yeah well, I, it, there's there there's a lot of stuff the NFL oh, bless you, you. Uh, and again oh. As Seinfeld would Woo. say, you're so beautiful. <laughs> good looking. It's good looking. Uh, um, but it, it, there's there's something to be said, you know, because I mean, uh, it's so subjective to, to this, that, and the other. That's the, way. the word. Yeah. That's subjective. the word. It's subjective. It, it, and no one's going to call things the same. They're, they aren't. And that's that's where we have to come down to, you know, getting uh, – I don't know. It's, it's just one of those things where you, you go back and you start look, analyzing it all week and looking at all these plays all week. And it's like – they need to if they're gonna if they're gonna start allowing you know questioning of a of a of a penalty that wasn't called or was called and and trying to get it changed. I know Billichek has been pushing for that forever because yeah. the Patriots love taking advantage of, of you know when you, when you're such a well disciplined team you don't make many er- of those kind of errors mm-hmm. and so they like like to abuse another team for hurting themselves right. That's yeah. The Patriots are famous for that. But then you also think about the why is the replay done on the field with a tablet? Why is the why is the replay call not done by an official, uh, you know, a referee or whatever from the NBA or from the, from the NFL? He's in New York, one for each game, and that guy has the overall say on anything. Well, that's and what they the play. NHL does that down in Toronto. Right. But what what, works, what, right? what they what they do is they have the replay official in the booth. The referee gets to look at the replay on the field, and the call gets made between the both of them. What they see. Okay, I guess I'm okay with that. I just feel like, but now you're talking about. Um, how many different different replay officials around yeah, the league? It's too much. It's just too much. I just I, I would just like to have one guy for each game yeah. in New York Central Office or yeah. wherever the Central Office is. For the NFL, it's New York. So. Yeah, and then be like, okay, we're not sure about this play. What is your call? That guy can have the five angles in his big TV room on big screens, right? 
because say, uh, he's going to he have he's going to have this he's going to be a subjective opinion the same way for each of them instead of having 12 different people in 12 different stadiums right. having their opinion on what they saw right right so I mean, there's no perfect solution to this but uh I, you, you talk about how big penalties are right so that penalty causes the Saints not to win that game. Yeah. They, they could have run the clock out. They could out. have ran the clock on kick. They could have scored a touchdown for all they can. How about – That well, would have changed no, the betting line. Well, no, but they wouldn't have uh, – but if he had caught that ball or gotten that penalty called, they would have just knelt, knelt the ball out because they were they, ahead, they could have. Right? They so, could have, or they gave it to Ingram, either or. I, I Why would you not kneel it? I, Game's I would, over. <laughs> and then uh, the other game was the same way. Penalty was the huge call, right? Mm-hmm. D. Ford – who didn't involve himself in the play at all. He didn't Not cause close. Brady to rush the pass, didn't, didn't touch him, didn't get in there, but he was lined up a half of a quarter of a foot into the neutral zone. And it was obvious. It was obvious. It was obvious. On a play that I, I think if it uh, wasn't as Brady. I think if it, it wasn't as obvious as it was, that they probably wouldn't have called it. But how do you not – how is a player – when you're getting down, how do you not look down at the ball? You know, it's like especially when you're doing a three-point stance, you, you don't look over and see, oh, the ball's right there. Shoot, you I can move see back. it clearly. And I tell you what, I mean, again, I will never, ever, ever have any sympathy for people calling one play to change a game. It's like, you know what, game shouldn't have even been close. Yeah. Look at look at the college. There was no big controversial um, penalty calls in the college World Series or the college football playoff. Right. Why? Because none, none of those games were close. Yeah, they were. They close. were over by the third quarter. Yeah. So there's no reason to look at that. So you know what? I, I agree with Bill Belichick on the part of, you know what? If you want to win the game, win going away. Yeah. Make it so it's not close. Make mm-hmm. it so it doesn't matter. You know. And if you can't do that, then you then you are you are risking failure. And that's that's the game. Yeah, that's when the Patriots are away forever. Right. And <laughs> and you know now don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Bill Belichick wouldn't take advantage of a replay on a penalty if it would help him win. Of course oh, he would. Course the guy's going to take every advantage he can get. Of course he would. But he doesn't. His teams don't make those silly errors. Yeah, they. That's the one thing you can always say about the Patriots. And I always call the Patriots America's team and not Dallas. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, just because they're winners. Yeah. Um, if they're a great organization oh. with Robert Kraft. Because yeah, they've been and they and they. But, you know, I mean, yeah, you can talk about the spy gate yeah. and the and the whatever, but I mean, the the team is amazing. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's God, they're just, they're they're so meticulous in the way they do things. Like I said, you know, the key to the game is going to be what does Belichick if, from last week's show? What does Belichick come out and do in the first half against Patrick Mahomes? What right. do you do? Fourteen nothing at the half, Dude, wasn't it? No I points think, for the yeah. for the Chiefs. Now the fact that the Chiefs came back and made that a very close game down in the end and actually should have won, uh, is, is all the more impressive. And, and give, I give Patrick Mahomes and that team all the credit in the world. Uh, they were a gimmick offense last year. They were not – I wasn't sold on them at all. This year they matured into a devastating offense. And you got to give a lot of credit to Andy Reid. Andy Reid is such yep. a great coach at halftime yep. making adjustments. Great adjustments, mm-hmm. absolutely. Fantastic adjustments to come back and start scoring on that Patriot team that had rendered them moot. Yes. You know, and also the, the Chiefs did overcome losing their starting running back. Now, I'm not sure that they that he was an amazing running back. You know, just like I'm not sure that Le'Veon Bell is that amazing. I think sometimes the system and the line right. play into that. But what Le'Veon was and what Kareem Hunt was, even if you want to say he's like at a poor man's, although I think he's faster than Le'Veon, what he was Probably is a is. three down back. Mm-hmm. And that's a three down back means you can block, you can run and you can catch. And, and Hunt could do all three. And that's why losing him is a big deal, and they've overcome it without a whole lot of a loss in, in their step in terms of, of, their, of their winning. Uh, great games last week. Uh, 
Oh, no, I'm thinking two weeks ago it was in Vegas. Yeah, uh, you were there, there two weeks ago. Man, time's going by so fast. It's crazy. <laughs> great, great games, both of them. I mean, they were both very exciting games. Mm-hmm. That was nice to see. And I wanted the Chiefs to win because I've got a futures bet. That would have won me about right. 350 bucks. But it's all right. This will be a good game. I'm not going to bet against the, rain, or the, Saint, uh, <laughs> the Patriots. I, I, I've learned my lesson. Twice in a row I bet against them. I don't know what I was thinking. And both times they, they won. Um, I didn't actually bet money against them last right. week, but bet on you know my my bet was four, so whoever, and uh, I won't bet against them again, but I will be rooting for the Rams. Could be yeah, kind of a reversal of fortune, right? Well, I, I saw somebody put this on their Facebook page. Uh, I I don't I remember who put it on there, and I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't even an Eagles fan. Um, they said uh, I'm going to have a Super Bowl watch party this year. He's like caveat. He's like we'll be watching last year's Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know I'm. Even more credit to the Patriots. They lose Super Bowl. They don't have the hangover. They lose the Super Bowl. They're back in it. They lose the Super yeah. Bowl. And I don't know. I, I think the Patriots are favorites by three points. Uh, which, it was two and a half as of yesterday. It couldn't okay. get to three. Oh, I, I think I, I looked at it back back when it first came okay, up. Yeah. It's 58 points for the over-under, I think, which is uh, I'm just, ties the record. I'm just glad that they voted or they put the favorite on the Patriots because if it's not on the Patriots, you have no chance. Right. Because they'll be so slighted and angry about not being the favorite oh, yeah, yeah. that they'll just come out and just, just you know, destroy you. Question. If the Patriots win the Super Bowl, does Gronkowski retire? If I was Gronk, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. You already have all your money. You get yep. you use all the endorsement money you make. <laughs> I mean, you're already living large. Yep. You're getting out of there without any serious long-term injury. Yeah. He's had plenty of injuries, but yeah. nothing that's permanent. Yeah. And uh, you know what? He's already got an offer on the table from WWE. Oh, God. Yeah. Come be a wrestler <laughs> and join The Rock. And, yeah. You know, I, why not? Why, he's, go he's, on he's, on top and go. Just yep. head out of there. Yep. He's got the – I mean, I don't know why he started shaving his head. Because then he had that mop of hair. He kind of looked like an all shucks good old boy, right? And you wouldn't think of him as like anything but just a you know just a good player. Instead, you know, tie pods, tie pods, tie pods. And I know he's I know he's a partier, <laughs> but he doesn't really get in trouble that I can think of. I mean, no, he doesn't get in trouble. He just loves the party. Yeah, and I mean, he brings the party. He party, and then he, but he knows his limits. He doesn't get in trouble. Oh, he, he was gronking you know. up on Jamel Hill at the, at the Kentucky Derby. I think they showed video <laughs> of that. It was just Jamel just got this look boy, on her face. And if we just want to be pigs for a minute, I mean. <laughs> He's not in a relationship, right? He never seems like he's ever in a I relationship. I don't think he Because I'm guessing that he goes and parties with a new woman every night. I mean, why wouldn't you? I don't think he's you in know? a relationship. I, at least I don't hear of him being in one. It must be so fun to be a beautiful person, you know? <laughs> I mean, life just must be a whole different world, you know? It's just – I mean, not that, not that people don't work to, to be – Right, know, right. But they also have – you know, obviously they have some genetic helps. I mean, yeah. Demi Rose Mabry, you know, I'm sure she works hard to look that beautiful, but she also has unbelievable genes that, yeah. you know – gave her a perfect body, just like he's got the genes that gave him an amazing figure. Mm-hmm. But I just think it must just be amazing for pretty people. I just, I, I just think it would be fun to live that yeah. life for like 10 minutes. And just when you're walking somewhere and everybody's staring at you in like, in a lustful way, it's gotta be, yeah. it's gotta be somewhat engaging. Oh, definitely. You know, even though it probably gets frustrating after a while too, right? <laughs> Cause you're like, can you look, can you look at me just normal and listen to me for a second instead of just be oogling, you know, but you know, Hey, grass, so, grass is always greener. Yeah. So let's think of this real quick because I mean look at look at what the Patriots have done now in the last 17 years. Nine straight um, AFC East championships is it nine or ten? But I mean, it's nine. It's nine. Let's look at the teams that are they've been no, playing. No, I'm sorry. Nine straight appearances in That's the right. champ, in the conference championship. They've been playing the Jets, the Bills, and the Dolphins. I mean, how <laughs> set up have you been to just? 
get into the playoffs every single year. Well, why haven't those teams figured out how to beat you? That's the thing. I mean, Miami's the only one that ever really did it. Jets did it one year. Yeah. Um, Bills have only done it a couple of occasional games. Miami does it Miami in Florida. Down in Miami, they actually beat they beat them a fair yeah. amount of times. They just can't beat anybody else. No. But uh, – <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, the, I got to figure the Broncos and the Miami are two of the and, and the Giants are like the three biggest teams looking for a quarterback. Yeah. There might be maybe there's others, but those are the ones that really come to the top of my mind that don't have anybody that they're really looking to. Although, uh, well, we can get into that when we start getting closer to the draft. Before we hit uh, before we hit the end of the show, because we're down to about yep, uh, five minutes. Yep. I do want to just run over quickly the fantasy foot uh, baseball top ten currently on the ESPN head to head list. And this is the uh, one through ten, right? Correct. Okay. Uh, actually, one we'll through, through eleven. Because yeah. I wanted to throw that on there. So Mookie Betts is number one. I don't think anyone can argue with that. No. That guy was far and away the best player last year. Uh, the number three, number two is Mike Trout because he's Mike Trout, and Mike Trout is so consistent that you, you know he never gets hurt, uh, and you can't argue with that. No. Jose Ramirez, who was amazing last year and very good the year before, he's number three now, and mm-hmm. I think he's earned that spot. The guy steals, hits, hits for power, and hits for RBI. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get hurt and he's young. Uh, fourth is J.D. Martinez. Now, that one, boy. I mean, I know the Red Sox are a great team. I know he had a fantastic year. He was had a chance at a triple crown. Guy was off, you know, hitting on the screws last year. Mm-hmm. Guy's got an injury history. He does. Guy has an inconsistent hitting history. I, that's, that's, that screams overcompensation. Yeah. And, you know, he was a great bargain if you got him in the second or third round last year. But boy, I I just I don't I, know. I, I, I don't think he belongs there. Yeah, it's just boy, <laughs> that's a risk. That's a risk. Uh, Francisco Lindor, no problem there. Nope. The guy busted out last year, kind of had his breakout season. Nolan Arenado is next. Now I had Nolan Arenado on my team last year. Not a good start to the year. Did catch up in pace at the end of the year. Had a great second half. But of course, if your team's already out of it, it doesn't he help doesn't much. The only reason that I would consider taking him earlier than this even though he didn't quite earn it last year, this is his contract year. Yep, it is. And as of right now, it doesn't look like the Rockies are in a good spot to keep him, which would make it seem like his whole thing should be, if I can crush it this year, I can go out and get that $300 million contract. If Bryce Harper ends up signing for 250 or less, the Rockies would be smart in May or June to offer Arenado that contract, Mm -hmm. the same amount. Whatever it is, right about the same amount, same number of years, and see if he bites to avoid all the chaos in spring tra- or in the in the off season. He may not take it. He's kind of been about vocal about he wants a title. He wants to go to the playoffs. Yeah. He's not about the money. He's about the accolades. Yeah. And uh, it's just it. The Rockies have been getting better and better and had a real nice year last year. And this will be the tell of the year if they can get to the World Series he might stick around or they get into the national league championship series, but they're going to have to win their first division title. Yeah. And boy, the Dodgers look like they're poised to get it again. So they, they really are. Um, we'll see. Um, Freddie Freeman. I think this is him finally getting the due, and people finally are going to believe in him. He's done it enough years in a row, yep. which probably means I'll end up drafting this guy and he'll have <laughs> a disaster of a year. Chris sale. Do not agree with this pick. No. He is a very good pitcher. He is a somewhat injury prone pitcher. No doubt he's amazing. I just I don't see it. I Max Scherzer is the only. Every year that he could be the best player in baseball, fantasy baseball. Yeah. He never does it. 
he doesn't stay healthy, he doesn't be consistent, whatever you want, whatever the reasons are, boy, that's a, you know, but, but you're probably getting him at the cheapest price that you've gotten him in a while. Mm -hmm. So I, like I said, I don't have a big problem with that. But I I put number 11 on here because it's Jose Altuve. This was a top two pick the last two years in a row. Boy, do I love him. I would, boy, you give me, you know, it's funny. I know that our listeners don't hear the, the blog talk radio warnings come on, but it's like, it is distracting. It really is. Jose Altuve, man, you give me that number 10 pick. Well, it's 12 in my league. And I pick up him and Scherzer or, I don't know, him and I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. But, you know, a, a, you know a Brad uh, – Brad, no, who's the guy who plays for Houston? I mean, George Springer, obviously, but that's not the one I'm thinking of. Anyway, I mean, how's Altuve and uh, who's the shortstop for, uh, for Houston? Um, uh, oh. Dude, this is terrible. <laughs> career, my God, I have my team two years. I can't remember. Wow, that's really sad. I, I'm, Boy, I, I'm uh, not uh, thinking uh, baseball. Num- number eleven, <laughs> number eleven name. I can't remember. Anyway, the you get the shortstop and the and the and Jose Altuve from the Astros, dude. Carlos Correa, that's his name. Carlos Correa, yeah, correct. You got yourself a hell of a one-two combo. So, anyway, we're about out of time, JP. You want to say anything in the last uh, 30 seconds here? Uh, No, just uh, we had the first female Team USA woman. uh, She competed in the skills competition. She was the seventh fastest skater last night amongst the men. So, congratulations to her at uh, Kendall Coyne Showfield from – U.S. Team USA. Very nice. Well, thanks again for tuning in, everyone. Go ahead and follow us on Facebook and like us on Twitter, or like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And everyone, have a wonderful weekend. Offensive. TIAA supports those who are driven by purpose, helping you live your definition of success. Whether you have $500 or $5 million, investing, advice, banking, retirement. Start today at TIAA.org.